1: I
2: have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling bright.
1: You're looking for a
2: love that lasts. You'll find Find it it at romance romance in the podcast. podcast.
1: Ooh, ooh, baby, we had me on hello. Ooh,
2: I love you. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby. I'll
1: have what she's
0: having. Thank you for joining into Romancing the Pod. You had to said hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week I made you guys watch Pinball. Pinball. The man
3: who saved the game.
0: Colon, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. A Tyler Perry joint. yeah mm. I would have been more into it, I think, if it was a Tyler Perry joint. Oh, you didn't like it? I I was not a fan.
3: Oh, wow. Wild. Todd, tell me why you picked it. I love this movie. That's why I picked it. Cause it's solid. I like that it's like a whole lot of like relationship metaphor built into like what pinball is to play. A game I've never really enjoyed
2: playing, but I really enjoyed the storytelling and the narrative of this movie a lot. I also liked. I thought it was sweet. I thought the the story was sweet. I thought it was like a coming, of, almost a coming of like a late coming of age for like a twenty five year old. Maybe like a eat, pray pinball. I th-
3: <laughs> love it. That's fair. I think it is sort of a coming of age, but that age, instead of like being an adult for the first time, it is like learning to settle down with someone and being happy with the choices you've made sort of coming of age stage
0: and embracing what makes you, you Yeah, mm-hmm. and when, what you are and what your thing is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So
2: I like the message and that the female lead, exactly my type single mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what?
3: Okay. So when I watched it this time, I was like. There's no way Mikey doesn't love this movie. <laughs> 100%. It is about a man, uh, like, hooks up with a single
0: mom and has two more kids. That is what happens in this film. I'm good with kids, too, yeah.
2: <laughs> He's good with them
3: and making
2: them.
0: But also wants to fight
2: them. Well, only the evil ones. <laughs> he has standards, yeah. age Demonic possessed ones. <laughs> Excuse me, hold on. <clears throat> the water went down the wrong point demonically possessed ones. There, see, you (laughs) said it right. (laughs) That time you did,
0: Todd. I'm not saying you should keep in all the coughing, but it was way funnier with the coughing. (laughs) Um, I'll leave
2: it in. I thought I had not heard this pinball story, and then so that was a little interesting. And it it is an interesting v. The love story is an interesting vehicle to tell that historical stuff. Is that the real guy that interviews throughout the whole film? No, that dude's straight up an actor.
0: No, that's an actor we've seen in other movies on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Uh-huh. That dude's been in a bunch of stuff,
3: Mikey That is the moment you should realize this is not a documentary Which is like one second in But that is like just the narrative device they use to tell the story Right
2: Is that guy still alive?
0: The actor? What? Wait, wait the, the real guy or the actor? The, the guy who's based off of uh, I don't know There's uh, there's virtually no fun facts about this movie No one saw it <laughs> Is this a real guy? Yes, Mikey, I first learned about this story on an episode
3: of Drunk History, and they're not allowed to lie on that show. Never,
0: not at all.
3: But no, this is a real guy. I do think, like, the movie even says, like, some of the stuff in this is definitely embellished. Yeah. But the the real guy's name is Roger Sharp. Okay. He, like, actually is that guy. He graduated in 71. Like, all of those, like, facts are correct. You know, he published that book. He... Played in front of the city council or whatever Like all that is fact Yeah I'm assuming the love story is somewhat also fact But that's where stuff gets like squished together That's and... where it
0: gets a little murky yeah yeah. yeah 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 yeah
3: So like I'm sure it's not 100% historically accurate But I really do love the way they tell the love story And I'm just thinking about this now But I wonder if I like this because it is like Essentially like a movie about a guy That you're sort of tricked into watching his love story And maybe that's why I liked it so much.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I I think for me, I would love to watch this as a documentary. Like, I would love to just watch a documentary about this. I would watch a three-part doc on this on Netflix
3: for sure. Yes.
0: Yeah, a hundred. Which, by the way, I spent most of a a very sad work dinner last night with a highball of whiskey trying to encourage people to watch the telemarketers. Oh, they need to. They need to. Everyone needs to. I, I feel like I would watch the hell out of this as of a documentary. I don't love the documentary framework of this movie. At least not the way they're doing it. I feel like they're trying to go for like an Itanya, but part of why Itanya works is that they use those interviews as a way to show not tell, where like someone will say something and then we'll see the opposite. So, like, it's kind of more of a a framework of, like, who are these people? And I feel like this movie does a whole hell of a lot of telling things they could be showing easily. And it drove me nuts, in part because the dialogue of the air quotes mockumentary portion is very, very stiff. That's my biggest complaint It's a fine movie I didn't love it I didn't hate it It was fine You thought the actor Who was playing the old version Of Roger was stiff? Yep The whole time It drove me nuts God damn He crushes it this movie I thought I liked it Yeah Oh I hated it
2: He's so good in this he is so good in this
0: hated it every time he was on screen that's nuts that's bonkers i mean i mean
3: that's fine these are just opinions you're allowed to yours yeah i just connected with that guy so fucking much man
0: i did not but it started second one for me mm. like literally this st- when they're talking to him and they throw to him and they're like tell us about the time you took the shot of your life and i was like first of all no one would say that way secondly You don't need to do that. You don't need to set him up like that. We're about to watch it. Like, just let us watch it. Like, you could have opened with him being like, well, I don't know. I think I need to start from the beginning Because that's where it really starts for me. And then we could have just gotten into it. Instead, we got a whole minute and a half monologue of like, no, it has to be the beginning. And it's this song. And it's this thing. And I was like, shut the fuck up, man. Like, But then throughout, we're seeing the love story and the interesting things. And he keeps interrupting a movie that I'm kind of enjoying to be like, well, actually, it was this. And I was like, can you just let me watch the fucking movie, man? But then he'll interrupt and be like, See, here's the history part, this and this and this and this. And I'm like, we could see we could have just seen that you telling me is not as impactful as me watching it or me watching a character in this movie. Tell it because it's just interrupting the flow of the movie. So that drove me insane the entire movie and like at a certain point I was like even the writers realized this was a bad idea because he's not in the movie for 45 minutes (laughs) in the middle of it (laughs) like they stopped doing it he stops popping in and I was like thank the lord I can just watch the movie but then I had to watch that guy's disgusting mustache the entire movie that's the worst mustache I've ever seen that mustache is a problem yeah
3: I'll admit it. It's so gross. Well, I've been Googling real pictures of him. Oh, they show one in the movie. He had that mustache. It's accurate. Yeah pretty bad
0: here's my problem he had that mustache but it's way thicker though that like the the real life one thicker stash this one looked like my bangs in the 90s when i used to spray them and curl them i was gonna say it looked like screen three bangs yes but just like hanging over his lip it looked like his hair was constantly in his mouth but oh it had to have been and i couldn't but, but Paige, it
3: was like it grew up And then over and around Which like I don't I've never seen anyone grow A mustache that went up like it was Hair and then down
0: Well that's because he definitely The the actor definitely didn't grow it Because you could see where it was pasted on Oh, Because it was too thin So thin you could see through it To the strip pasted on his face. Yeah. So I guess in short, the story I think is very fascinating and interesting. Would have liked to watch just a real documentary. Was okay with some of this movie. Hated the narration device. There we go. That's where I'm at. Love stories is very cute. They're sweet. But do you know why I like it? Why I like this guy interrupting? Why? Because you weren't listening?
2: He looks like Bernie Lomax. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say because you're often the guy
3: interrupting out of nowhere <laughs> and like pulling focus from the story that we love.
2: No, no. It reminds me of Weekend at Bernie's.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
2: He looks just like Bernie.
0: Yeah, I guess kind of.
2: Is he Bernie?
0: No. All of, that's all I'm asking. No, he's not. There's no way. he's. I mean, go to IMDb, Mikey. What are you doing? He's. There's no way he's the right age to be Bernie. He is too young, I would imagine. Because Bernie was already middle-aged when that movie came out.
2: He's still young in my heart.
3: Okay. Well, Mikey, you're still young in your heart.
0: I think for me, this has like the germ of a really interesting good story. And I would have given the script another pass and probably maybe not cut the documentary narration, but I would have softened it and probably pulled a lot of those scenes out in favor of people within the diegetic world giving us that information.
3: That's fair. I fucking dug the narrative device of the the faux documentary, thought it was great, loved the actor who played him. Thought he crushed it. I honestly think all the actors crush it in this. I think the
0: girl, Ellen, Ellen. does the best. Yeah. She is the best. She's by far the best. She's so good. Everyone else I could take or leave. Except for the guy that also played the art director in Mad Men. <laughs> I was like, this dude's typecast. So much. Because A, he
3: crushes it. And B, you don't need a second thing. That's how much he crushes it. That's how much he crushes it. Like, he's so good at that role. We'll work on the shoes
0: in in my mind my like personal headcanon he left Sterling Cooper Draper Price and then went to work for GQ (laughs) I mean like and it's just the (laughs) same guy (laughs)
3: that part of the story does take place in like 75 so it's very possible after the 60s you know he's bouncing around a little bit ended up at GQ that makes sense I could see that
1: yeah right
3: then if Ellen's ending up with this dude in a world where Don Draper exists
2: right she should look
3: for other advertising men
2: Don Draper is like
0: he's a vision he's a villain He's, he's the most villain yeah you you, you do not want to be married to Don Draper. That is a death sentence. You want to be married to Stan. I've seen like three episodes of that show. I just, you know... Well, spoilers, Don Draper is, like, the biggest
2: asshole. It's like Breaking <laughs> Bad, but corporate. Pages, is disgust
3: when I said I've only seen, like, three episodes. It's so good. Oh, I'm sure, yeah.
0: But it is also seven-plus seasons long, basically, so, like, yeah. I don't expect anyone to catch up on it at this point, but, oh, I, I love that show.
2: It's a great show. And I
0: love the end season where, like, characters that got shit on for so many seasons fucking triumph i fucking love that shit it
2: was great but don draper seriously is like breaking bad corporate life
0: yeah All right. this is just triggering me because another tv show i liked got canceled yesterday and i'm just real salty was it on stars yes fuck you <laughs> it's because you two didn't watch it if a tv show gets canceled
2: on stars
3: did it really get
0: canceled it fucking did it was it was the next flea bag and y'all can eat a fucking dick what uh what movie was it Paige? blind spotting got canceled and I, it makes me very sad because it was really good oh
3: shit because i was like this close to investing, in like some hours into that fuck
0: off it's only two seasons so now you can i feel you page <laughs> lazy bastards
2: i get it because space above and beyond was canceled after one season and that that made me who i am today
0: mikey what even is that what is that mikey i love that show that is the best science
2: fiction Original property that has been invented in the last 30 years. This is disagree. all we're talking about the rest of- Heart No.
0: disagree. No. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. It Page. doesn't matter. You're pulling me on Star. It was so good. There's so much other sci-fi. There's no way it's that good. No.
2: It's so good.
0: It was like before
3: Firefly.
0: I don't even like Firefly that much. Oh,
3: shit. It was wow. so good.
0: I think it's overrated.
3: Paige had a bad day at work guys this is we
0: need to
2: give her a break and just
0: let her (laughs) let her let it out
2: guys space above and beyond was like aliens if it was a television show
0: okay so is it is it like horror or is it comedy well
2: there is there was elements so there was like an invasion of like so humans go out and they thought they were the only species okay and then they get invaded by unknown aliens and it's about space marines who join up to fight those aliens and they're horrible okay and then it's kind of like a less crazy starship troopers i was gonna say it's a lot like starship troopers the tv show Mm. but the the aliens are not bugs they're like kind of like the aliens from independence day kind of interesting i'm just saying it's time for a reboot let's do it it is the only thing that didn't make sense about that show and this is a writing like budget perspective is that oh the documentary style you
3: were like oh we're getting into the meat of the story
2: and then this documentary shows up and just ruins the narrative
0: it did it was ruining the narrative for me (laughs) i've been wanting to talk about this in a public platform
2: for many years they were all pilots there was like 12 main characters they all signed up when earth got like bombed or whatever Mm. but they were also so the pilots were also troopers And so sometimes they'd have missions on the ground. And I was like, that doesn't seem like an efficient use of resources.
3: I love that like 12 year old Michael was like, this doesn't seem like an efficient use of resources.
0: Pretty much. I mean, Todd, why does this surprise you? This is basically Rimjob World the show, which is why it sounds terrible. All
3: right. Now I'm interested. Hang on one second. (laughs) Hang on. Hang on. It's fine. Space above beyond. So good. So good. Almost as good as this movie that Paige hated. Uh, I didn't hate. I just (laughs) hated
0: that one aspect that really took me out of
3: it. That's so funny because, like, that dude's one of my favorite parts of this movie. And I think uh, the guy who plays the younger version of him is also very good. Like, I do think, like, the three main characters and the guy who, like, owned the sex shop, best actress in the film.
0: I did I did like the guy who owned the sex shop.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. To me Todd, this kind of scratched the same itch as like Below Deck has been. I'm like, this is very low stakes. Yes. And like, there's not a lot going on on the screen where it's like kind of calming like a lava lamp. And I like <laughs>
0: that. Although, if this is a romance, Time Cop is a romance. Then do Time Cop. If this is a romance... I will wait till the end. We, we can do Time Cop. Okay, it is your pick. It is your pick, Not page. Not only is it my pick, I also have an extra pick, if you remember. Yes, that
3: you can use whenever. You're not forced to do them twice. Yes. hmm Yes. Mm-hmm. Or are
0: you going to make us do Time Cop and Time Cop 2? There is
2: no Time Cop 2. No,
0: I'm going to do the thing I was going to do, and then I'm going to make us do Time Cop.
2: That is funny fine <laughs> I'm down with doing Time Cop because I did Angus and so I also want to do Raising Arizona so like I feel like I could squeeze it in if we're gonna go all willy nilly on this and I like that
0: Time Cop is way more of a romance than Raising Arizona is far and away that's in a claim no it's not no it's not he goes back in time to save his wife that they killed because she is like pregnant with his kill. at the end like the whole no, movie's not the about whole, that the first half of the movie is him and her being happy and then she dies and he's all sad about it and then spoilers spoilers whatever and then he, he ends up going back to save her like raising arizona does not have much about their relationship it's just about the baby oh. honestly what I heard from Paige just now was possibly
3: the most romantic plot I've ever heard. <laughs> so like time cop's gonna happen at some point on this podcast.
0: I think it's a I think it's a tough sell because it is action, but there is there's about as much of a love story in Time Cop as there was in this movie. <laughs> to get us back on track. I loved
3: this movie.
2: <laughs> we know.
3: But I get that it's low stakes. I like that it's low stakes, honestly. It is just about two people falling in love in the 70s in the city. Whatever. When you could sort of just live in downtown New
0: York on, like, no job. That I mean, hey— that's the most romantic part of this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this was Love Is Blind, though, she would not be into him because he was 25, like that Jessica from the first season.
0: Or Lydia from this
3: season. Oof, guys, are you watching the new season? I watched the first episode. <laughs> I mentioned
0: is at Paige's house. Mikey, it gets so crazy, guys. Wait, are the new episodes out besides four? wait did you watch all four he watched all four yeah he watched all four and then narrated it to me while i was in the office so you know about lydia then i like to narrate love
2: is blind like a wrestling commentator
0: <laughs> oh and lydia from the top rope yeah basically
2: that, that pretty much yeah Pedro's was trying to work in another room but i wanted her uh,
0: to be involved yeah I, I was working on the live show <laughs> Yeah. Wait, were you just like running back
3: and forth from your room to mommy's room to tell nope. her about no, 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 the no. love is blind? No, no, no. I
2: would just yell from the living room.
0: <laughs> my office is the next room up from the living room. So, and I had the door open, so I would just hear, like, oh shit, he knew her from before. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? Dude, that reveal, guys, blew
2: my fucking mind. <laughs> Paige was sweet though. She played along and she's like, How did he know? How did she know him? And I'm like, Thanks, Paige. She's never watched it, but she was being really nice to me that day. (laughs) She would ask me open-ended <laughs> questions and let me explain it to her, which is a great active listening device She has no context, was fully just
3: working on whatever she was working on The live show <laughs> Barely paying attention
0: So I'm like, I'm like assembling slides and like Googling where locations are in Los Angeles Yeah, and then Todd's like, is, how's the live show going? And I'm like, it's going great, we're working
2: hard Oh, my (laughs) God.
3: I knew you weren't doing shit when you said we were working hard, Mikey. I was there supporting her. And I know Paige well enough to know she wouldn't let the live show suffer because you wanted to, quote, help.
0: (laughs) Accurate.
2: The Help? The movie? No, I wouldn't quote that. That's a little controversial. (laughs)
0: That doesn't fit on either (laughs) of our podcasts.
2: No.
3: I'm going to make you eat my shit cake, though.
0: It's pie. (laughs) It's pie, Todd. You got to get your movie references right. It's a movie
2: podcast. Speaking of movies, do you guys want to go through this one scene by scene? Anyway, this guy looked familiar. Oh, because he was the male lead in... Batteries not included. So that's where I remembered him from. <laughs> you
3: mean from like 1988 or whatever? Uh huh. I've never seen it. I don't, I don't know. What? You've never seen Space Above and Beyond and
0: Batteries Not Included? That's two out of three strikes, page oh, oh, I've got strikes. I've been trying to get you guys to watch good shit that's actively on TV right now for like a year and a half. I, I heard it wasn't good, page I heard it got canceled. <laughs> Not today. Not today, fucker. <laughs> this is not the time. Not today, Satan. Guys, Paige had a bad
2: day
3: at work. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Y'all better not catch Ugh. Mikey having a bad day. Like, he will be brutal to you. <laughs> I'm
2: so sorry. I'm so sorry. We had a rough day at work, but it's so dark. I can't talk about it here and just make it awkward. But. Batteries not included. Kind of slaps if you need a feel-good movie. I think that's what this is too. It's like E.T. but like. It's like E.T. but for robots. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's like uh, what Wally? What was that movie? Wally. <laughs> Wally, or, or is it like Short Circuit? They're not as unhinged as Short Short Circuit, okay. but like it's more like Wally. It's like if four Wallys from a different planet came down and like helped your grandma.
0: Do you remember the
2: movie <laughs> Wally <laughs> at all? That is a shockingly accurate uh, description, <laughs> though. So it's like if Wally came back in time to like the eighties and like helped old people, but he brought like four friends with you
0: him. You mean it just looks like Wally? Because the movie Wally is about two robots after the apocalypse. Well, I think he means like actual Wally, the
2: character. Okay. Yeah, it, it, batteries not included. Is about like they're aliens, but they're also robots, and they come and they're like fully AI before AI was a concept, I guess. So they're like transformers, more or less. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they're they can't talk. <laughs> or Voltron or something. Yeah, they make cute. No, they're like Bumblebee. It's like droids. Okay. <laughs> they're like kind of small and they fly. They're like little mini
0: fly sauce. And then they So hope. drones, government they, drones. Got it. Got yes. It. They're not birds, Paige. It said batteries not included. <laughs> Those birds need batteries. That's why COVID <laughs> happened.
2: It's like if it's like if FdR made drones. And they like find An old lady and help her and her elderly husband fix their shop up.
3: They like to do acts of good service, but like hyper
2: specifically, Paige.
3: Yeah. Okay. We honestly should stop talking about movies that are not pinball. (laughs) Yeah. So we can finish this episode at some point. Because it's already 9-11,
2: never forget And like we just started It's 7-Eleven pages time
0: Pierce Brosnan never serves time For his crimes and it is 7-Eleven My time never forget Slurpees are delicious
3: Set a timer for one hour and 59 minutes
0: Is that so you can get to Taco Bell on time? No that's so when it's 9-Eleven Your
3: time I can accuse you Ah. Of forgetting That's a good bit I like it I'm gonna watch the clock And then I'm gonna demand A moment of silence That you're gonna have
0: to Edit out of the podcast
2: Let's keep it in Or Let's do a short one And then edit it To be longer
0: You could do that You could technically Do that Make it sound
2: really good
3: I can edit
2: anything you're gonna do A 45 minute moment of silence For 9-11 We'll talk to you again at 9.58 or whatever it would be. And then you could edit it. Like, it was like, we just take five seconds to stop talking. But, like, they think we're, like, really good. But then, like, put in, like, a cough or something every, like, couple minutes. (coughs)
3: I'll, like, just drop
2: in random sound effects I pulled from YouTube. It's
0: like a toilet flushing and, like, a gazelle running through a tall... Weeds
2: and crickets,
0: but getting tackled by lions because the lions represent Pierce Brosnan and what he did to our country. (laughs) My mom is coming this weekend. I'm so excited! Yay! She
3: is the one who uh, started the theory that Pierce Brosnan was the mastermind (laughs) behind (laughs) 9/11. Yeah,
0: at least in at least in the movie, remember me. In the movie, remember me, but she didn't qualify. She was like, "I just think I think Pierce Brosnan knew something. <laughs> you know, he's not an American. That's true. He's Welsh. And honestly, that's why to
3: this day, Mark Wahlberg will not talk to Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I can't see Pierce
2: Brosnan talking to Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I, was gonna, I, was gonna say, I don't think they're friends to begin with.
0: But also, if I had to pick between the two, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, All I know. Day. More criminal or not? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do 9/11. Page at least. I
3: don't think he did. And that's the problem. Yes, he did. I saw
0: Mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> I have a blurry YouTube documentary that I need you to watch right now. Okay. Is it called Zeitgeist
3: page because I've seen it?
0: It's called Golden Eyes on the Sky.
3: Uh, <laughs> Golden Eyes on the Sky. All
0: right. Let's stop singing and get into this movie, please. Okay. Pinballs can't melt steel beams. Okay. So (laughs) we open on what is the setup for a documentary? So somebody's interviewing this character for a documentary. And we will find out that his name is Roger as we go. But he basically is like, you know, it's not what you think. Most people don't know it was illegal, but this is kind of the footnote in my life. Everyone talks about this, but my life has actually been much more than this. And the documentarian exposition dumps in the worst way by being like, tell us about it. Tell us about the greatest shot you ever took. And I was like, oh, uh. All right. I think it's insane
3: that you think that's, like, hokey with what they've already set up. That's true. Because, like, it does, like, set up that, like, he called this amazing shot, and that, like, changed the state of, like, legality of pinball. Which is nuts that that's even a thing, but
2: that's where it was at the time. It's the most important shot since... Kennedy? John Wilkes Booth? Oh,
3: oh God. Oh, no, uh- that was Lincoln! <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> even go the later
1: one? God!
2: Mikey, we live too south for you to make that joke. They wouldn't know who that
0: was. <laughs> the education
2: here is very poor. That's true.
0: Anyway, in this movie, the the reason I did not love that inclusion is because I came to this not knowing about the shot. Right?
2: Yeah, because somebody made us watch it without talking about the show.
0: No, whatever. But I would have loved to see the story build to that as a climax. Yeah. And then be like, oh, shit, is he going to make it? As opposed to being like, well, I know he makes it. It kind of robbed it of its thunder for me.
3: Okay, so that's one of the things I like about it. Because the whole time, the guy who's on the camera here at the beginning is like, I'm doing this documentary. Like, the conceit of it is, I'm doing this documentary because... The only thing that everyone else cares about my life is this one small thing that actually happened while I was falling in love with the woman who I then had uh, two more kids with, right? So, like, I like that he is sort of begrudgingly telling the story at the beginning, and then at the end, that's not really the climax of the movie. It sort of, like, takes the wind out of it a bit by making a joke out of it, and he, like blatantly says like that shit was like something i did when i was a kid i grew up i had kids and i love that part of my life have y'all
2: ever watched a movie based on true events where you didn't know what happened
0: yes
3: man the first time i saw a titanic i was devastated (laughs) 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 because
2: i would like i would like to disclose a story
0: wait before you
3: launch into this let her put a button on the thought i know you had something in the chamber and i wanted you to get it out so Yeah.
0: Yes so for me That shot does change a lot of his life Whether he wants to admit it or not Like that allows his book to get published He he gets photographed in it It allows him to work in the industry I'm not saying that impacts his love story at all But I think you could still have the love story But have the movie have those dynamic shifts That arc it better as a story Because ultimately this is a movie Oh no I honestly
3: think I would like this movie If you took out that documentarian style narrative completely i think the story is good on its own yeah but like because it's included i like that he sets it up in a way that's like he doesn't really want to tell that story he really wants to tell a
2: story about how he met his wife
0: but then he goes on to tell that story (laughs) well
2: i mean they paid him for this interview yeah i mean (laughs) i'd be like bitch we're not making a documentary on your love story
0: so i will
2: okay i've shot things that are a lot like this and with subjects
3: Who don't really want to talk about what you want to get them on camera saying. Yeah. So, like, I also did sort of, like, dig that aspect of this on some level because it was sort of funny to me.
0: I've been the subject where they were like, tell me about Keith Rainier. And I was like, he fucked a bunch of bitches. And they're like, that's not what we wanted to know. (laughs) And I was like, but that's who he was. Can you say that in
3: a way that could be played on the Discovery Channel show?
0: Doesn't matter. They cut it into the commercial and it stayed in the documentary. (laughs) Of course. Anyway, Mikey, have we ever watched a movie about an event that we did not know about? My answer was yes. You wanted to tell us a story. Please go ahead.
2: Which one was yours?
0: I've I've done it many times. If I know something is about a story, but I don't know the story ahead of time, I will often go into it without seeing it and then read after.
2: I went to a movie which I thought was going to be like Backdraft not knowing it was even based On a true story and then all the Firefighters died at the end and I was like This movie sucks
0: Was it the one with Nicolas Cage Mm Mmm. Maybe with the dude from uh The 911 one? No, no,
2: no, 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 not okay, the one with the track on the nine eleven. Is this the nine eleven episode? What is happening, guys? <laughs> no. What? This is October. Is it's
0: happening? the 7 Eleven episode. <laughs> Get the churro.
2: It was about like the smoke jumpers in the Midwest, or something, and it had like a lot of famous people, like the Kirch guy, Taylor Kirch, Taylor Kitsch. Yes. Oh man, Mikey from <laughs> Friday Night
0: Lights, from John Carter of Mars,
2: <laughs> the biggest Bob in Disney is
0: from the amazing. Uh, what, what was the name of that that show on Netflix, Todd? That you and I just watched the Sackler one. This was like literally three weeks ago. Oh shit, the painkiller thing. Yeah, Painkillers Is it just called Painkillers? I think
2: I forget I
0: think it is I really liked it His story was so It made me sob He was really good in it He's a good actor Anyway, I didn't know all those people were
2: gonna die And it made me sad They're like, the famous battalion Where all 40 of them died in the fire And I was like Oh, shit.
3: Okay.
0: Oh, all right.
3: And he had Dennis Quaid in it. The Netflix show was called Painkiller. Sorry, I just looked it up.
0: Painkiller, just like Erica Jane. Only the Brave. Okay, I've never heard of it.
2: And Josh Brolin.
0: Oh, Josh Brolin. I did it with Last King of Scotland, where I watched that movie and then read a ton of stuff about it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That was a really good movie. It's about a dictator, Todd. It's Idi Amin and he tortures people and at one point he like cuts a person up and then sews their limbs back on the wrong way. And I had to know if that was real.
2: And the main character fucks his girlfriend.
0: Yeah, it's it's James McAvoy, and at one point they hang him by hooks. I've seen it, guys. I remember it now. Yeah, okay. You looked like you had not, and you didn't yeah. say anything. You're like, oh, hang him by hooks. hook. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, remember, I remember if we hung Mr. Tumnus by a hook. It's probably Forrest Whitaker's one of his best films. It is. Oh, he's so good at it. He's fucking terrifying in that movie. He's like, I'm just going to murder you. Okay, so should we get back into this movie? Yes. Anyway, so that opens us into the documentary, where he's like, it was 1971, I was at college, And I actually learned something in this bar And it's him playing pinball in a bar And not doing well Uh, He does take a break to be like Hey wait a second Because he's walking through the scene Yeah I love this page And he's not as tall So they bring him an apple box This was a great I was like that's a funny joke All right, I
3: like that like He doesn't say it He just like looks at the Young version of himself Right And then he like looks up at him And is like what And then he looks over Like to someone who's clearly not like on the set, right? And then that person just brings in an Apple box and he, he puts the Apple box down, he stands on the Apple box and then he goes... Just like looking in a mirror. And I thought that shit was so fucking funny.
0: There's one or two of those that I thought were funny, but I would sacrifice. And the other one is when he gets mad that they're okay, I'll save it. Anyway, so Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite uh, too, page. Yeah. (laughs) And and it made me mad because I was like, no, I was getting into it sexually. Anyway, so (laughs) there weren't enough tentacles for me. Anyway, so they're playing pinball. (laughs) And then he's on the Apple box. And he's losing. He's not doing well. But the guy next to him is fucking killing it. That guy's the real pinball wizard. Well, there isn't a pinball wizard in
3: this
2: movie. He is the wizard.
0: Yeah, he is the wizard. Cuckoo, baby. Mm-hmm. And the Eggman and the Walrus. Anyway, so that guy's really good. And he... The guy's gonna leave. He's like, I'm gonna go. Can you take over? I don't wanna drain it. And he's like, uh, okay. So he takes over and immediately drains that ball, like instantly.
3: That happens like three times in the movie, too, which is funny. Yeah,
0: it's kind of a fun runner, actually, because he then is the one that does it next. Yeah. But he basically, as he was watching him, was like, oh, there is a skill to this. This is not chance. I could get good. At this yes but he Keeps playing and we jump into The credits this is a great device for the credits Of him playing playing Better than people are watching him play Yeah because he sure plays A mean pinball (laughs) And then we cut to Him getting a divorce from a woman We never saw but that's fine but it's just like Cutting through his life right as he's Getting better at pinball yeah so he
3: graduates College he gets married and now boom His divorce
0: boom divorce and it was, she has one of the most blistering insults I have ever heard, where he signs the divorce papers and she was like, you finally wrote something important. And I was like, bitch, whoa! I know, I love that. Damn! Like, his first
3: wife has like one line in this movie and it's scathing and she does such a good job with it.
0: Oh, Fantastic I was like girl what are you doing On Tuesdays there's roast battle you can Join us <laughs> Fucking Clean the fuck up she said That in such like a
3: concise way That I know Ugh. the real Roger Was like Hey writer, I vividly remember this line (laughs) she said to me And it needs to be in the movie (laughs) He must
2: have wrote a memoir or something Well,
3: he's an executive producer of this movie, Mikey So, like, I'm sure he was heavily involved with the Making him seem like a wonderful person. Yeah, for sure. And he might be. I honestly don't know. But like, you know, usually when the subject of the biopic is a part of the production team, it's going to be like a puff piece. I still love this movie because I don't give a shit if any of this happened.
0: You know, I mean, I feel like when people are very, very motivated in a creative pursuit like that, sometimes they're hard to be around. Yeah. So I'm sure this is maybe a little bit of a puff piece. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess all I and
3: I think Paige, correct me if I'm wrong. You are trying to say is that. His first wife had her reasons for saying that Probably And she was justified I'm sure And it just happened to be a sick burn That made it all the way Because it lived rent free in that dude's head Into this movie Wouldn't it live (laughs) rent free
0: in yours I mean there are insults that people have said to me In my life That I still think about Like one time a guy that I thought was cute In high school who was like a couple years ahead of me we were in class together because they put all the French classes together. And I like raised my hand to say something, and I was like, Uh, like, I don't know if. The-, and he turned around mid sentence. I was still talking. And he was like, I don't know why you say like and um, because you're smart and it makes you sound stupid, and you're smarter than that. And then he just turned back around, and I was like, <laughs> And I was like, Um, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, <my> God. God. <laughs> uh,
2: I got one too. as because I'm the darkest of villains.
0: Yo, that's my favorite
3: one. Mikey, can we talk
2: about it? Or is it like, can we not talk about it? Because I don't know where the line is.
0: I mean, let's talk
2: about Let's talk. I'll talk about it. <laughs> I went on a date with a person. I think this is the person who wrote a, there's a Facebook group for single women in Nashville. She wrote what I would assume would be an equivalent of a Yelp review of dating me. Uh, we went on one date. And she said, for people not to believe my superhero persona, that I'm actually one of the darkest of villains.
0: Be- because there was no second date. Yeah. <laughs> you should have made her a fucking quesadilla, you bastard. I
2: don't even think it got that far. Like, you guys didn't sleep together, right? Like It did not get that far.
0: It didn't. You should just carry one with you.
2: I mean, I usually have a quesadilla for personal use only. Well, then someone anonymously put that I had, like, a girlfriend of six months that I was secretly dating and cheating on with, which is...
0: Not true. <laughs>
2: not true. And... Frankly bonkers But I mean like It's uh Darkest of villains Is good insult Mikey honestly It wasn't me <laughs>
0: It's not nice for you to cheat on Taylor Swift like that.
2: Cheat on me with that quarterback. I mean, not that the linebacker. a football guy.
0: Wouldn't you? God, just imagine those shoulders. Is he a linebacker? I don't know. All I know is he's got a tight end. <laughs> 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 well, I'm sure Taylor
3: is not the first six he's picked. Should we get back into this movie, though?
0: I can't believe you just called her a six.
3: She's a bajillionaire. I don't give a shit how much money someone makes, but I do. I said that for the joke. I mean, Taylor Swift is great. <laughs> I don't give a shit though. Like, you're lucky this is a podcast. I don't even like her that much and I was still like, "Oh what? You're lucky this is an airport."
2: Yeah. <laughs> Another thing we can't talk about. <laughs> I've had lots of adventures lately and almost like I'm cursed. Which I think I am. Did you touch one of the hands? Whose hands? (laughs) I know that's the other podcast, but like... (laughs) Oh, I'm not like demonically possessed. I'm cursed. I feel like I made a monkey's paw wish for like, I want a good career and a good podcast. And then like other stuff Bad stuff happened too Does that Do y'all's lives feel like that? I refuse to believe That you've ever cared About the success Of the podcast That's fair I care One of us has to Keep us grounded
0: <laughs> Anyway They get divorced And her family Own the furniture store So they take all the furniture <laughs> I thought that was hilarious That was very funny It's just like He's got a bed And a lamp on the floor And that's it Yes But this is where They briefly pop in To be like The origins of modern pinball Are actually like Literally a box with. With nails in it Like that's the pins And the plunger came later But then they immediately Abandoned that And they're like I wanted to be A professional writer So he's sending off A million queries Nobody's into it He's going on interviews Back when you could Interview to become a writer Nobody's into it
3: I mean he's like He's bringing in like Samples you know Of like his writing It's like the weirdest Way to do an interview I think I thought he'd do An ad
2: copy Ad copy uh, interviews
3: Well he was in marketing He gets fired In that Same montage In which he gets divorced Right, right. So he's now looking for a job, but I think personally he's trying to actively avoid ad sales or marketing. He wants a job like he wants to be a
0: writer. Yeah,
3: like a not maybe not a reporter of in in a sense, but someone who does like columns, like a columnist. Yeah, which I realize that like you can be a reporter and a columnist. So like I don't really quite know where the line is here either. But I don't think he wants to write ad copy anymore, which I get.
0: Yeah. And the industry has drastically changed since then. So like, yeah, the way this is happening could not happen today. But he has like a portfolio that he's bringing in of both his ad copy work and some samples that he has written for people to read. And he's not having a lot of luck. Uh, but as he's walking down the street, he hears the sounds of pinball coming from an adult bookstore. And he realizes like, oh, I haven't seen a pinball machine anywhere else in the city So he goes in and is like, hey, do you mind if I play this? And, like, comes back multiple times. I do love when he asks the guy running the adult bookstore, which definitely has a peep show in the back. But, like, 100%, that's what's behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, when he starts playing
3: pinball, he, like, there's a substance on the plunger that he has to wipe off his pants. Like, I'm sure gross shit's happening in there.
0: Yes, So when he asks the guy, he's like, is it weird that I come in here and play? And he's like, dude, you don't even crack the top 10 of what weird shit happens here.
3: I love that he moves up the list, though, as he gets more into pinball.
0: Right. But as he plays... He then calls the guy over. So he's been playing there a bunch, like days and days and days. Yeah. It's sort of a montage
3: of him like playing. And then it cuts to him talking to the, Yeah, I, I, I called him the owner, but he may just be like the clerk. I don't know. Cashier. Yeah. Who knows?
0: But he's like, Hey, can you take over? I don't want to let it drain. And I have a job interview. And the guy's like, "Uh, okay," and immediately lets it drain, like it just happens. But well, he
3: also tries to play and just fucks it up immediately, and it goes down just like yeah. Roger did when the guy who showed him how to play pinball mm-hmm. uh, let him take over.
0: So he goes to the job interview. And he he does tell the guy, he's like, I'll see you at lunch. Like, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, I'm down a few quarters. Nothing has improved, but at least I felt better because I could play regularly. Because this is his thing. Yeah. He is genuinely good at it. It calms him down. It's his focus activity or whatever. Yeah. So he goes to the office building and there's a girl in the elevator. This is uh, Ellen. It's Ellen. Yeah. Yes. She will become the love interest. Yeah. So. You know she's like do you work here do you know the building And he's like no and she's a secretary So I imagine that she's like temping Or something in that building and that's why she didn't know But he's like no I- I'm Going on a job interview uh, So ask me in an hour and she says ask Me on a date and he's like what <laughs> Like cause she's gorgeous <laughs> She's yeah. very pretty I mean but like this, the kind of Pretty that like I think
3: Mikey would Assume that she worked for some sort of Organization That was going to steal one of his kidneys.
0: Yeah. Maybe if she brokered the sale of a kidney, Mikey could move out to California where he had a very good time and liked the weather and people were nice to him. People were nice. People were nice to me. I got roasted at Rose Battle and most of them are like things that I just
2: do. They're like, he has no neck and he he looks like Wreck-It Ralph. And I was like, I do look like Wreck-It Ralph. Thank you. I wanted
3: to show them that photo of you wearing that Wreck-It Ralph (laughs) costume, Mikey. So bad. But that's the one that like spawned the vitamin water meme. So like, yeah. It was so hard for me to not write roast jokes about your killer dong, Mikey.
0: You know, people do because there are a couple roast battlers that notably have killer dongs and like people have roasted about it. And it's hit or miss where like sometimes you really nail it. And then other times people are like, that just sounds like it's awesome for that guy. <laughs> it is. That guy who looks like the hamburger helper hand uh, Notably has a giant dong And then one time put a bunch of Like magician's handkerchiefs In his fly so that if somebody Made a joke about it he'd be like And now yeah you you want to see it And then would just pull out like Like a ton of That's
2: really funny
0: That's an amazing bit Here's the best part he did finally get to do it I did see him do it someone made a joke about his dick He pulled them all out and He came back stage after I was like dude That's fucking hilarious he's like yeah What's really funny is that I've tried it the last Three battles and no one's made a joke so at night I just had to unpack it. <laughs> That is the sad clown version of Masturbation
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's So great at least he has plenty of tissues
0: Yeah 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 just in case Anyway, but she's like, hey, ask me on a date. And he's like, what? Uh, um, Okay, okay, uh, maybe lunch if you're interested. And she says, I might say yes to watch you try to eat soup. And he's like, I don't eat soup because his mustache is terrible. So like, <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's terrible the entire movie. It's never not there. Oof! It's Here's the thing. If it was thicker, I would feel less weird about it. It's because it looks like 90s crinkle bangs. Like it's just boof and it's on a guy who looks like he can't really
3: grow a mustache you know right so like it's just like not convincing
0: at all no but whatever anyway she gives him her number on calling cards, because people used to do that. That's very funny. Yeah, it's like a business card or something, you know? Bring it back, honestly. Yeah. I've got business cards for my day job. Like, she might have just handed him that. She might have. But I'm saying today, put a QR code with your nudes on it. Ah! Here's a link to my Only Feats. I'm a full of bad decisions today. Here's a link to my Only Feats. That'd be so funny. Here's just a one picture of me with, as Wreck-It Ralph.
2: I want a business card that, that just goes the picture of my feet. I think that would be so funny.
3: <laughs> oh, just to like a uh, picture of your feet just on the net somewhere? <laughs> so like those kind of things exist, Paige. Like every TwitchCon, every wannabe influencer slash content creator has... A business card with a QR code on it that takes you to their, you know, links page.
0: I have a plastic one that, so like a reusable. So you just tap it against somebody's phone and it just like boop booped. Oh, yeah. They're getting pretty
3: cool with their tech nowadays. I mean, yeah. you can get that kind of shit in just like regular business cards now, which is dope. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so they part ways. He goes to his interview. She leaves, but he has her number. And at the interview, they're like, yeah, this is maybe a little thin, but like kind of safe. Now, it was at this point that I was like, oh, my God, I never realized GQ was a gay magazine for its beginnings. And I was like, I want to watch an entire documentary on GQ. Yes. The early days of GQ. I,
2: I was very interested in that. Yes. Like Minx style GQ. Yes.
0: Yes. I want Mad Men at GQ. That's what I want. We already know the perfect guy to play the art director. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Anyway, it's very... And he does not seem to be picking up what they are putting down, where they're just like, it's our articles are kind of like we skew a certain way, but we have to look straight because it's old times and they were bad. Well, and also like, I I do
3: think they wanted to target all men, not just gay men, just because yeah. you could sell a magazine more to all men than just gay men. Sure. So they needed stuff that would appeal to people that weren't them, you know, because they were gay men and they saw that this guy could write fine and had a very straight point of view And
0: were like Yes
3: We can figure out a way to make this work Right
0: They're like This is the straightest man we've
3: ever seen <laughs> Yes He is aggressively straight Yes And can barely grow a mustache So like You're hired
0: And barely dress himself His clothes are bonkers In this movie and they don't get better. They just get worse.
3: I honestly just thought it was like the time period. I, I didn't know. He's mixing patterns. It's wild. I wasn't alive in the 70s.
0: People did do that, but I think costuming did it to set him apart, like specifically. to be Oh, like, sure.
3: They did that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really notice it, though, because I don't really know enough about fashion, honestly.
0: Here's some things that I know about fashion in the 70s. I fucking love the 60s and 70s. I loved Ellen's apartment was the dream. Yeah, it was great. Those lucite chairs Mama, yes And this is at a time where you could have all that And be barely off welfare (laughs) And be poor yeah. Anyway, they give him a test article Where he's supposed to write about Like the 10 things you need to know To buy a new bicycle Because they're focusing on like activities And things like that Yeah,
3: like activities men would do Or something like that Manly men But they
0: don't like officially
3: hire him They're like hey, we're going to put you on assignment. If we like what you do, we'll definitely hire you. You know, that kind of thing.
0: Right. And so he leaves because he basically is like, okay, I've got a shot, right? Yeah. So he goes home and he's going to call her and he like for a moment like, oh no, I lost the number or whatever. But he finds it. I love the way they do that with
3: the music though because it's like he's all high from like, Getting this possible job And it's like this great soundtrack As he's getting home And then the music stops right as he realizes He doesn't know where the card is
0: Mm -hmm. And then when he finds it it comes back But it's like
3: 20 seconds of him Looking for the card to silence And it just made me laugh so much And then when it comes back in as he pulls it up It's great
0: It it does work really well It is a very very fun beat So he calls her and he's like Hey we met in the elevator I'm the guy with the mustache Which I love that he's self aware enough to be like I'm always the guy With the mustache Like no one else Has facial hair This weird They're probably Still married And that's how She thinks of him (laughs) My boss had A a crazy mustache And that's how I used to be like Oh yeah the guy With the mustache And they're like I know who exactly You're talking about (laughs) (laughs) Anyway They agree to go out On a date But as they're Kind of figuring The date out She's like "Uh, Hey Seth Can you quiet down She's like Oh that was my son And he's like Okay I'll find a place Where kids can eat She's like You don't get to Meet my son yet uh, But we can go out to lunch and, and we'll, or coffee or something, we'll figure it out. So she gives him a cafe. They show up there and she's like, Hey, before anything else, I got married at 19. I had my son, I'm a secretary. I'm not married to the to my son's father anymore, but I want to get married again and have more kids. That's where my life goals are. And you should know that. And I know we just met an elevator and this is chaotic, but if you aren't looking for something serious, We stop now. Yeah. Basically, like, we don't need to continue.
3: I think she says it in a super nice way. She's like, that's what I'm looking for. Right. If you're looking for just, like, some fun, let's just end it now before you even spend a dime, and we'll just go our separate ways, you know? I I liked it. I was like, that's awesome. No games. This is what I'm looking for. Are you on board? Yes or no? And then we sort of see if there's a connection, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I do like that she says, if that's not what you're thinking of, you don't have to spend a dime. And just as she says that, He kind of sits with that for a second. The waitress comes over and she's like, can I get you anything? And he says, tea. Which to me is like, I'm going to spend the dime, so we're going to try it out. And I did think that was a very good turn of kind of how they're handling this.
3: So they do that a lot in this movie with the dime. Yeah. And they set it up a few times, but at the end, before he comes back to do the shot and he's like going to go call her. Mm -hmm. The guy brings him the dime back and says, you need this or don't forget this. Yes. Because he needs that to call her. And I loved that, that it wasn't to play the game. It was to reconnect with her. I just love that they like downplay what it feels like we're there to learn about the entire movie. Because to the teller of the story, it's not as important as his wife and kids. I love that.
0: I, I guess I feel like it I don't I don't feel like it downplays it a lot. So to me, it feels distracted and it doesn't have a clear point of view of which story it wants to tell. I think it can tell both, and I like that it does. yeah, but I think the movie tries to make you think it's doing one thing. And it's not, and so it's not super clear cut where it wants you to focus a lot of the movie. I felt like, that doesn't mean I didn't like that part. Again, without the, without the narrative device, I'm kind of here for it, but like, I felt like that was an interesting choice that maybe did not serve the movie as well as it could have if they had been a little more overt about it. I, I, I,
3: compl- I don't know what to say other than I just disagree. I loved it. I thought it was awesome, but... I mean, I, you're
0: allowed to have your own opinion about it. I'm not going to argue with you about yours. Yeah. So, you know, they continue. They have coffee. Uh, and and they kind of, it's an awkward date where we find out she's a little older. He's 25. This is what I'm like on a first date. Yeah, where he's like, you're the same age as my sister and I love her. She's like a mom to me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, no,
2: the opposite where I'm like, she's like, I would like two more kids and to get married. Will you marry? That's what I'm looking forward. Do you want to move forward? I was like, oh. Ooh.
3: Wait, is that what you're like or that's what she's
2: like? I'm like.
3: You're saying that you want to get married and have kids? Yeah. Yeah. Does that normally not go well? <laughs> I don't know maybe just because I'm I'm your age You know like I would No thanks Todd I would appreciate that kind of honesty You know like I don't want to play
2: games I think you got to talk I think you got to lay out your intentions early on Yeah
3: me too Yeah I don't want to waste my time I'll, you know, But whatever yeah
2: And I'm saying it to a 25 year old So it's like the same thing Well
3: that's, Ooh, that's your, your
2: problem That's your problem ah, Mikey ah. That's what's
3: going wrong in your relationship
2: I'll be here all podcast Tip your waitress
0: <laughs> Anyway it's awkward, but they they like each other, so it's going to keep going, right? And she kind of asks him, because she, like, unloaded everything, and so she's like, okay, your turn. Tell me about you. And he's like, I'm a writer. I've started four books. I haven't finished them. I worked in advertising, but I kind of hated it, and I want to write something meaningful, and I'm new to the city. I'm technically unemployed, but, like, hey, th- this is who I am, right? Yeah. And then we cut in the the documentary who is like, hey, we're making a film about a game of skill. History is important. Now, that game of skill part is something I actually would have liked a little bit more on because that does become the defining factor for that story. Is this a game of chance? Is this a game of skill? Am I just getting lucky or am I working to become better at this thing that I am very tied to, that I find a personal meaning in? So we see him go to the sex shop and he's playing pinball as he's writing. So it's it's that much of a part of him that he's like, I got to do this to stay calm and keep writing.
3: Yeah. It's like how he sort of focuses his creative energy. Like, yeah, it's weird. But a lot of creatives do things like that. Like, yeah, I don't know. The most famous one is like Mozart would have his sister read uh, read him stories while he was writing music. Because it would like pull focus away from what his creative brain was trying to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do stuff like that. I felt like that was just his version of it, you know?
0: Yeah. But he turns the story into the magazine and they're like, the pay is low. The hours are long. Your coworkers are insane. But you got it if you want it. So they tour the office. They meet the art department where he meets... I keep wanting to call him Salvatore, but I know that that's not. He has a different name, but the guy from Mad Men. But then, oh, Harry. Yeah, his name in the movie is Harry. Uh, I think his name in real life is Brian Bat. I think so. But then also Pamela and James, who also work in the art department. James, who I think is contracted, not an employee.
3: They make a point of saying that. Yeah. But I, I got the impression that he was like a freelance photographer. They just used a lot. Yes. And they couldn't afford to keep him on
0: staff. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Anyway, so we cut to a couple other dates between him and Ellen. And after a few dates, he's like, okay, I got to show you my weird... yeah and he takes her to the sex shop where the pinball machine is and she's apprehensive at first where she's just like why are you taking me to a fucking sex shop you're taking me to a sex shop on our (laughs) date you weirdo (laughs) like what's happening and at this point they haven't like
3: had sex or anything yet like they've sort of made a point to show that like at the end of their dates they awkwardly say goodbye and stuff like that right so like they're definitely not to the point where like you go to a sex shop with Somebody
0: I don't think they have sex in this entire movie until the end where they get married You mean like in real life
3: or like in the movie though in the movie yeah. in the movie I agree yeah. with you. Yes.
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily believe that in real life Same. <laughs> But in the movie sure I, that is I think what happens The <laughs> yes. guy
3: who is the main character was the executive producer of this movie and he can rewrite whatever he wants Yes, but I do. I do love it. It's just probably not accurate. That's fine though.
0: Yeah So he shows her how the pinball machine works and kind of teaches her how to play. And he does the thing that movies do where the guy comes from behind and like cuddles her. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, okay, a little more chemistry between them because I'm, iffy on their chemistry and i was like okay maybe uh and then they cut in to be like no that's not how it happened that's just the way movies do it, which is a very funny beat yeah but he basically goes to this we cut back in and he's on the side of the cabinet being like okay now go there right now go there now go there and i was like this almost got real romantic but sure okay fine no i
2: would have gone with the lean in
0: yeah absolutely go with the lean in
2: People love the lean in
0: Who doesn't love, it. love a lean in
3: baby Especially well and I don't think they've even kissed At this point in the movie right no. Cause they kiss later yeah So like this probably would have been their first kiss If he had done the lean in right no. Oh it's the, phys-
2: it's the physical contact barrier breaking Like this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get, yeah, get You is. know loosen the hips on the pinball Yeah He's
0: got a reason to touch you Yeah
3: yeah yeah That's why I would always take my ladies rock climbing
2: So you can murder them Rock climbing to me is like a relationship type activity I'm not going rock climbing with someone I'm on three dates with
3: I would just go to the the rock climbing gym I'd go to climb Nashville and I'd boulder with them
2: Oh
0: But how are you touching them while doing that? Showing them how to climb Oh, I don't know Supporting them, Paige I know I get the butt thing, but I'm just all right. Not the butt thing. Like you're I, just I've like done
2: the, I've done that before. I, I've like taken them home and it said, I'm belay this dick. <laughs> no,
3: Mikey, it should have been. Yo, I'ma go
0: get belayed. Oh. Uh. I don't know. I'm not a rock climbing person. It's not great for my body type because I got short limbs.
3: Women tend to be better climbers early on because they have a lower center of gravity and they're more intuitive,
2: apparently. Mm, interesting. That's okay. Right now I'm in my free solo stage.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the first part of that is his relationship status. Yes. And the second part of that is his sex status. He's free, but he's solo in it. You know what I'm saying? You guys get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I overly explained it because it was funny. I loved it.
2: You're like my Mozart sister. Did you say
3: Mozart's sister? Yeah, he did. Didn't that who read the stories for the art? You're being a real Salieri right now, Mikey. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> oh, you mean the real talent?
2: Wow. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs>
3: Speaking of fluff pieces about real people
1: It's almost
3: like You've never seen the historically Accurate biopic Amadeus (laughs) Love that movie Mainly for the laugh. Yes, but also the music. Oh, the music's amazing, but it's Mozart, so.
0: He's got a great voice. That's why the music for Hunchback of Notre Dame is so good. And the guy who plays Mozart in that movie
3: did almost nothing else except for that movie and Animal House.
0: And Hunchback
3: of Notre Dame. Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot. I think he may have been a theater guy, but he was an amazing actor.
2: Probably still is, honestly. Yeah, yeah. We're getting off track of my masturbation joke.
0: Cool, so did you summit Everest or... Yeah!
2: Hello, Todd, it's Mikey. Hello, Mikey, it's Todd. <laughs> I need to tell you something.
3: Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's We're going to table that.
2: <laughs> but on that table <laughs> is a delicious factor meal. Yes! <laughs> what a transition! <laughs> oh, my God, guys. This actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meals. <laughs> all romance the pod. Heck, We're yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals. Never frozen. It takes two minutes to warm up. Just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I... <laughs> I have a problem with (laughs) words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, (laughs) Ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say, a Factor equivalent
3: meal for Natalie and I, and it was like $48 when it could have been way
2: less with Factor. Yeah, and I I struggle with proportions, and Factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used Factor meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown.
3: I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor. Except for right now because Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners.
2: If they go to factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an g- easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the app. That was the I end know. of the ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, factor meals.
3: <laughs> <laughs> welding instructor Alex
0: DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash impact.
0: Anyway, Ah, she ah. gets into the pinball machine and she's like, I fully get it now. Awesome. And they kind of keep going. And he basically tells her like, it sounds weird, but I'm connected to this somehow. It helps me think and focus. This is my thing. I don't know what that says about me, but this is this is me. This is me sharing a piece of me with you. Yeah. So we cut to the office where he's pitching stories and they're pitching like a guide to skiing, but he didn't read the back issue. So he doesn't know that they already did it. And everyone pitches things. They don't like any of them. And so they're like, all of you come back with more. So then we cut back into a little bit of a history lesson on pinball. They kind of sprinkle it throughout the movie. And so here's where we learn about the tilt so that if you push a machine too far, it shuts down basically to stop you from cheating. Yeah. And it's a feature. It's a, it's not a bug. It's a feature. Well, it's it's something to stop people from cheating. Right. I like that. They,
3: the way they set up a lot of like the, Type of game that pinball is Right They associate that to like It's a lot like life Yeah And this is one of those things That they're like correlating Okay tilt is a lot like life Because you can't control everything Right And sometimes if you push too hard Trying to control everything
0: You'll end up losing everything
3: Right I like that they did this And this is just one of the times they do it But I think it's kind of cool
0: It is But like with some of those things I was like You should have placed that When they had their fight Where you're like, if you try to control everything and push things too far, you might lose everything. That's a perfect correlation to them and their relationship fighting. But instead, we have it an hour before. So it's some of those things where I was like, this could be just a little tighter. I think ultimately that's probably because
3: it's not really a romance movie. And it's more of like a coming of age, even though it's a little bit after high school or after college. I love
2: a coming of age.
3: It's more like that vibe. but I Because I do agree, like... If I feel like the central thesis of the movie was all about the love story, then it would have been. Right. Like that that is when they would have introduced Tilt. I think
2: it I think it is.
0: I, I see that's my thing is I think it kind of wants to be both. And that's why some things like this are not maybe connected like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I see it. I
3: think the connection is because it's not a romantic quote movie. It's about like a coming of age thing. It's talking about adversity, like anytime you hit a wall. Right. And that's when the tilt metaphor comes in. Whereas if it was just a romance movie, it would have come in when they hit adversity together or they like came apart, like at the end of the movie
0: anyway so he does tell his co-workers about ellen and he gets notes from the coworkers where they're like yo she's got a kid don't don't mess around like be serious i love that they did that because he was like well
3: i'm dating a woman with a child and like i mean if we just date for like a while and like i you know meet the kid and all that stuff if it doesn't work out like like i'm not a bad guy right and they're like no you'd be a you'd be a bad guy in that situation Yes, and then the art director is like but like, hey, life is full of
0: risks. That's what makes it fun. Right. So like. Right. Roll the dice. So they go out on a date that night and he pulls up to the house and she's like, hey, you can't come up because I haven't told Seth about you. And he's like, that's OK. We don't need to rush. but Maybe lunch tomorrow. And she's like, OK, cool. I'll, I'll see you outside your office at whatever time. Oh, yeah.
3: This is their first kiss.
0: This is their first kiss. So they kiss, which that mustache. <sighs>
1: they
3: even make a joke of it in this scene like uh, if i had made this movie i probably wouldn't have used a mustache or like fuck, i don't know used a more convincing looking mustache like this looks comically bad
0: it's real bad and as they're kind of kissing we get that moment and they break in again. they're like we're getting distracted let's get back to the pinball i was like no chemistry though but fine (laughs)
3: I did like that, that they kiss and she Starts giggling and he's like it's the mustache Right and then she like with her Thumbs like pins it down Around his <laughs> lips and then Kisses
0: him I thought that was really cute So we cut to the next day And he's going to go to pinball before They go to lunch yeah and The police have taken the machines and are Breaking them they're just like breaking them in the street It's really sad well this
3: is where we start To find out the legal status of pinball In New York City because Right like they're throwing the pinballs on the ground and like breaking them and he runs over to the clerk guy of the Sex shop and he's like why are they Busting the store like he's like well Because we got busted and they're, and he's like Why are they breaking the machines and he's like we got busted For the machines like The sex stuff isn't illegal
0: Yeah yeah no they were fine with the Peep show in the back yeah yeah It's just the uh, pinballs pinball and we go Into this is the most I would say comprehensive history part Of the movie yeah where it's like okay It was Mayor LaGuardia he was trying to get tough On organized crime but he actually could he was kind of ineffective, but this was the thing he could tackle. And he argued that it was gambling, which for me, I'm like, I don't know how you could see pinball as gambling necessarily because like you don't win anything
2: you can win a free game is what they were saying
0: but that you can't though it's add a ball so it just lengthens the game
3: I think they do sort of briefly mention that they changed it to add a ball right to try to appease that and they still didn't get back to le- the legal status of it so like I don't really quite know why other than government does stupid shit sometimes because- yes because
2: it looks like a slot machine if you squint
0: yeah well because it lights up because even a free game I still wouldn't call that gambling I'm just like you're not winning any money right you know you're just playing right it's not like you put in a dime and you can get a dollar a back, you back. Know, or whatever yeah. yeah
3: it's just like you know you're losing that dime it's just about how long you can play that dime or whatever right
0: right yeah right exactly and then they basically Use the ma- the broken Parts of the machines to make new billy Clubs for the police as like A statement basically Like
3: the wooden legs of them Yes, yes. I thought that, that was nuts Yeah which I guess is True like that's crazy
0: They had pictures
3: I know but like I did Like that the documentary Narrative device the older version of the Main guy is like talk- He's like sort of downplaying what he did To like change the legal status of pinball in New York and he was like, the real villain of this story is a file in the filing cabinet at the clerk's office.
0: And there's a na- there's an airport named after him. Yeah, yeah.
3: And the, and the guy who like decided it I was like there's an airport named after him. So like it's never gonna change. You know, like it's just one of those things.
0: Yeah, but I also, for me, I'm like because there's a fucking airport named after that guy. So to get it overturned is huge. Yeah, there are other things he values in his life, but we can't downplay what he did. Basically, well, I think
3: that that's why this movie works for me because. I can see the perspective of the struggling producer of the documentary. We're watching him be interviewed for try and refocus him on the pinball story. And the guy in the chair who's on camera aggressively wants to tell you about his love life. Yeah. So like, I can see like the producer behind that documentary is pulling us back to the pinball story and then, Roger old Roger is pulling us back to the love story and I see that struggle throughout the movie and I like it I understand why you don't yeah because it does like stop the romanticizing of the love story and it does stop narratively the love story when you're wanting to like dive into it you know
0: well for me it's it's both because right it does stop the love story but it also makes it a little clunky on the pinball story because I want either to hear about their love story. Or I want to hear about pinball. And I, I feel like I don't get enough of either. Right? Because we kind of juggle. Anyway. But that's why I'd want to see this as a documentary. And just be like
3: oh my god. Fucking pinball is crazy. Honestly watch the drunk history on it. It's hilarious. I will. Yeah. The
0: drunk history does a good job sometimes. Love
3: drunk history man.
0: So he runs up to her. To meet her for lunch. is like oh my god. They took the machines. I was about to roll one of them. Which is where the. You get a score so high the numbers go back to zero. That's pretty fun I love that he is like pacing He's like losing his mind And she is very much
3: like Sort of having her own little moment Like she is sort of freaking out But containing it Because she knows her kid is like Off to the side Just out of frame Waiting to meet Roger Right Watching him freak the fuck out Yeah and he's like losing his mind And then she eventually stops him And was like Hey, this is my kid. And like that whole time, I think that's like almost the last thing she says in the whole scene. But like she's crushing it in the scene because she has like this whole emotional thing going on behind all the dialogue. It's so fucking good, man.
0: Yeah. And she does be like, Seth, this is Roger. (laughs) Like, hello.
3: Yeah. But and you can just tell, even though she doesn't say anything, that like she's like so disappointed at how this is going. She's so good.
0: And he's like, oh, I heard a lot about you. Like what? That you're 11? Um, But essentially, (laughs) plans have changed because the dad is kind of an absent father. And so now Seth is going to be on their date. We cut to... Now that Roger has learned that it's illegal, he goes to city hall to ask why, basically to be like, what is the deal? What are the laws? Mm -hmm. And he's like, are you with the MAA? Like, who are you? Why are you here? And he's like, I'm just here by myself. And he brushes him off. Yeah, that's the city councilman asking those questions, right? Right. But that's where
3: Roger gets the abbreviation MAA and he he decides to go look it up. This is also where he... Breaks in as we're Seeing him talk to the city councilman the first Time because the city councilman is like Raring up to swearing you know what I'm saying Yeah and he like breaks in and he's like hang on Hang on what what rating are we going for And the British is like I don't know PG-13 Right in there and he goes so how many cuss words He's like well you could probably get away with one he goes I'll save it (laughs) I thought that that shit was so funny But did he use it ever
0: No, No he doesn't use it which I also Liked because they were going For a PG rating I, I guess that that was a break in for me that I was like, I was about to find out who the MAA was. <laughs> well, we do find out. I just thought it was a funny little poke in to find
3: to like have a little bit of levity.
0: Yeah, I guess. Anyway, so they're the coin op machine and vending like, I guess, organization. They, they manage like coin op games, vending machines, but also like games of chance and games of skill because they also manage slot machines and stuff. But mainly pinball. It sort of
3: felt like any machine you could put quarters and dimes into to get something out of, whether that be entertainment or snacks. Right.
2: Big government.
3: Big government. I don't think
0: they're big government. They're actually a
3: lobbying group.
0: Yeah, they're a lobbyist group. But Roger's like, hey, the chairman mentioned you guys. I'm kind of curious what's going on. Why is it illegal? And they're like, well, we're trying to take it to the Supreme Court. And he's like, so could I just buy one for my house? And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fine in your house as long as you're not charging other people for it.
1: Yeah.
3: And he's like, oh, okay. It is sort of weird that you could buy one for personal use, but not like for your bar. But I do, I mean, laws are weird sometimes because- Yeah,
0: laws are weird sometimes. Yeah.
3: I mean, look at the laws that a lot of like older generations are trying to get passed in Southern states. Like laws can get weird and stupid.
0: Yeah, they overturned that drag man in Texas this morning. I was actually very happy to see that. Well, and they overturned ours too. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like- a waste of fucking time anyway so we cut to the office where he's like okay here's my story pitch how to buy a pinball machine for home because it's illegal and all this stuff and they're like yeah okay uh you know (laughs) I guess look into it I, I love how like
3: their managing director or the guy who like quote runs the magazine their boss is like that sounds like some straight white boy shit. You can definitely write that. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you can just tell he aggressively doesn't really understand, but knows he needs that perspective, you know, and I love that for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: it is it is very, very straight white guy. One of my uncles has a slot machine in his house. Oh that does take money. Like they put money in it. So like when he runs his fantasy football league, he just has people put it in the slot machine and then eventually they empty the slot machine out and do something fun with the money. That's sort of fun. I like that. It's kind of fun. It's like a giant bank, basically. (laughs) Anyway, so he takes Seth and Ellen and James, that freelance photographer, to an arcade in Jersey where they can play pinball games. And as they're playing, they find out, A, that they're $1,000 a piece, which in 1970s money is a lot of money. I can do that math if you want. Yes, please.
3: Yeah, hang on. I'm going to say this is 1975. I think the shot happens in 76, and this is before the shot. So let's just call it 75. $1,000 in 1975 would be roughly $5,700 today.
0: That is a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it's like almost five times.
3: Yeah, shit.
0: I'm looking at what they cost today to see just how comparable it is. Yeah, yeah, do it. Okay, so if you're buying a new one, oh, shit, this Jurassic Park one looks amazing. Uh, it's about $13,000. Okay, so they have gone up. They've gone up. Now, if you buy a used one, they're closer to like eight, like seven to eight thousand. Holy shit. Paige, I'm looking at that Jurassic
3: Park one right now. It looks dope AF. Right? That thing looks like the fucking tits. Ooh, I would do so bad on you, pinball machine. I know. I would lose so much money in your clever girl.
0: I'm not good at it, but I like
2: playing it. I like pinball. I'm actually decent at pinball. I like pinball, too. I
3: wouldn't say I'm decent at it, but it's fun to play.
0: It is fun to play. I'm a real big skee-ball fan. Anyway, so as they're taking pictures and finding out how much they cost, Seth asks why Chicago is so special. And we're like, it's not. It's not architecturally significant. (laughs) Yeah, it's not architecturally significant. Well, the main character Uh, is
3: from Chicago. So he's like, well, I mean, it's got the best teams. It's got everything, you know, or whatever. He's like, no. That's not what I mean, wannabe stepdad. What I mean is why do all of them say Chicago on it? Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I don't I don't know." Because he never saw a game in the city either because it's also banned in Chicago where he grew up. He didn't play it until he went to college.
0: Right. It's also where we will find out mostly manufactured in Chicago, even though it's illegal there. Yeah. Which is fascinating as well. I'm sure it's just because the industry grew up there and then it was banned there. Yeah. And
3: they were already there making them. So they're not going to move. Yeah. Again, stupid that it would be banned. But yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. So after that night, he goes to drop them off, but his car won't start. So he comes upstairs and she's like, "Okay, you've got to ask him. It, Seth, if you can stay over, and she's hiding her paintings and stuff. Although we will find about out about them later. Yeah. So he asks Seth. He's like, "Can I spend the night on the couch?" And Seth is like, "Okay." And he's like, "All right, good night." And he stays on the couch. They make a big production of the fact that he stays on the couch. And I was like, "Yeah, sure, buddy." Wink, wink.
3: <laughs> this is one of those things that, like, you know, that might be the way it happens, but um, you know, it might not be.
0: Right. Right. So we cut to the next morning. She's made them breakfast. He's talking to the tow truck, and there's kind of this awkward moment where he's like, it, "I think in his mind, he's like, if I stay for breakfast, it makes this more of a thing. I feel that, yeah. And it's a family thing, and so instead, I'm going to leave. It's a real thing, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And but he does take some toast. Sorry, new son, I've got to go get cigarettes.
0: I wondered
3: if Mikey was going to be triggered by this scene. I'm not triggered. I took notes. <laughs> Mikey, if you started dating a single woman, you would never leave. You'd be like, breakfast, bish, I'm going to make you lunch.
2: No, that's not true. I actually, okay, in a relationship, I find the act of like sleeping in the same bed with someone, like it's the hardest part to adjust to because I'm just not as comfortable. Like they're they're usually like moving around or like they snore a little bit or like they want to snuggle a lot or not at all. And it's just, you know, I have like my big bed. I'm really comfortable and I sleep.
3: I get it. I get why you're single.
0: No, I I am with that a lot. That's why we have a king bed. (laughs) So that we got space. Oh, I have a king bed too.
3: And that is like important, I think, Mm -hmm. to a happy relationship. Unless like you're both super cuddly people, you know? Yeah. Those people exist, but I am not one of them all the time, you know? So like I need to roll and get my space.
0: Yeah, I also feel like some people choose to sleep separately, and there's like there should not be a problem with that because sometimes you just gotta fucking sleep, and if you can't sleep when you're together but you still love each other, hey,
2: get a separate room, it's fine. And we've talked about it before. Some people like white noise, some people don't. Yes. Some people have different sleep temperatures. I mean, like sleep number barely scratches the surface on sleep differences between individuals.
0: There are also there have been tons of studies that that have shown that depending on on who your partner is. But often straight women who are in relationships with men sleep worse with partners in the bed and men sleep better. So, but like, but again, it changes person to person. So, you know, sometimes you just gotta fucking sleep. That
3: makes sense to me. I also think sort of like what you were saying, Paige, the whole, I think not sleeping in the same bed can be an indicator of bad things in the relationship, but I don't think it me. it always means that. Like, yeah. I know a lot of people who slept separately for long periods of time. And I know of a couple that have different houses. Like they got married later in life. And have never moved into the same House but they've been married for like 15 Years you know
0: and they go from house To house yeah. it's wild
3: yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't love that but they like Make it work and like it all it takes is Communication and shit like that you know yeah If it works for the two of you, do whatever works, you know?
0: Yeah, well, and I I think about it in, like, in the context of, like, my relationship. Jake and I have wildly different schedules, where he's up early, I'm out late, he's in bed early, and so it's, I either, I have to try and be careful not to wake him up, so I don't disrupt his sleep, but similarly, he has to be careful not to wake me up in the morning, because it's different, and so there are reasons why people might do that, but, I mean, unrelated to this movie, but... He does seem to be kind of skittish around breakfast. Maybe she doesn't make breakfast as good as my husband does.
3: Mikey got to enjoy that while he was there. I did not.
0: Mikey did get to enjoy it.
2: He was very nice to me. Sourdough breakfast. Are
0: you trying to imply that Paige wasn't? I was asleep when this was happening.
2: She did not make me breakfast. I mean, (laughs) I didn't make Mikey breakfast. No. (laughs) I would wake up in the morning, like, go out, like, turn the TV on. He's like, find a show you like. I was like, okay. And then he would, like, come back with, like, a sourdough breakfast sandwich uh, with like bacon, egg, and cheese on it. And he would bring me a drink and I would be like, This is so nice.
0: <laughs> Paige, I get why you married Jake. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. I think Mikey did too. Like a couple days in, Mikey was like, I get it. No, he's the nicest guy. <laughs> anyway, so he leaves. He goes to the library to research like microfiche and he's trying to see the history of pinball. But then we come home. And he's trying to type it out and she arrives for them to go on another date. And he's like, I just got to finish this really quick. And she's like, holy shit, you type bad. I'm a secretary. Give me that shit. I will type it out.
3: Which unpaid labor. I thought this was like super funny, though, because he is like one finger typing and she's like, oh, you're like a monkey with that thing. And he's like, what monkeys are cute. And she's like, get up because I want dinner. Like, I'm not waiting
0: for you. To hunt yes. and peck your way through this article. My dad hunts and pecks still. He's He's been an executive for years. He still hunts and pecks. I
3: know, because he still can hunt and peck. If you actually have to create shit, you can't do that. You got to be faster.
0: You got to. And, and I was like, because he was watching me type, and he was like, how do you type so fast? And I was like, well, first of all... I grew up when AOL Instant Messenger was a thing and you had to type fast. Yep. And then I went to screenwriting school where you had to type fast with keystrokes that are specialized to your formatting. And then I took a job where I had to answer a certain amount of emails in a certain amount of time. <laughs> so that's how I type fast. Anyway, she types it. But this starts them kind of almost like a, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Henry Ford invented it. The Model T? no 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 the, the assembly line that's what it is the assembly line of getting his book written Where like he is writing and then her son passes her the page she types it he puts it back on the stack which is very cute. i did sort of like that although you're right
3: Paige. there is some unpaid labor happening here mm-hmm. i think she's trying to invest in the relationship and uh, he is using that to get a good typist for his
0: book but It is what it is. I would hope that as he goes on to write other things, that if this dynamic is going to continue, he either gets her a cut or credits her at least. Should be both if she continued
3: doing this job. I also sort of understood why she was doing it, because it is very much set up like he's not against getting married again. Right. But he needs to just finish the book first. Which is like a common distraction from, no, we can't get married now. Here's why. Here's the roadblock. Um, And I think that it's not necessarily that because when that goes away, you know, like when we see him go to Chicago and do the interviews and come back and they finish the book, he doesn't immediately ask her to marry him, you know, and that's what leads to them sort of stopping for a while.
0: Right. Right. So, we cut to him pitching the book to a publisher. They're like, this sounds great. Here's your advance. He uses it to go to Chicago, and he takes James with him. What a waste. Uh, What are you talking about? Well, I mean, but
3: that's the whole premise of the book, right? He's got to interview the people who started the game, and he wants James there to take all the photos. But they're in Chicago Oh (laughs) Well that's
0: where the pinball machines are made Mikey It is the pinball machines and the deep dish Basically casserole pizza Mm -hmm. Although I have been craving The pizza we ordered At my house Holy shit Paige It was so good It was very good It was so good Prince Street Pizza yo it was the Naughty Vodka Pizza or whatever. It was so fucking good. Was that the one with the pepperoni with the hot honey? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. With the vodka sauce on it. Oof. It was amazing.
3: I don't mind a pizza that's a little bit drunk. You know what I'm saying?
0: You know what I'm saying? Don't threaten that pizza with a good time. And they were like the little cup pepperonis, but they were thick. And the
3: cups would catch honey, guys. Mm -hmm. And this is not a commercial, but it
2: it was worth talking about because that shit was delicious. It was so, so good. It was fire. They're almost as good as Factor Meals. Factor Meals (laughs) podcast brought to you by
3: Factor
1: Meals.
3: (laughs) (sighs) Oh. I might even leave that in because it's funny, but they are not sponsoring this episode that I know of. They might be. I think they sponsor the other podcast. I think they've done both. I honestly can't remember, but I did dig them. Send me more
0: free mails. Oh, I will. Yeah, Jake loved them. Anyway, so they give him an advance. He used it to go to Chicago. A little note about book advances. If you get an advance for a book, It is meant to hold you over while you're writing the book, but it's also meant to cover some of the expenses of the book. So if you just spend it all, then you end up owing the publisher money. (laughs) So like the fact that he spent it all and spent it all and then didn't publish with that publisher meant he would have had to pay it all back, (laughs) which is crazy. They don't talk about it in the movie, but that's definitely what would have happened.
3: <laughs> I mean, they do sort of talk about that he was given $1,000
0: or whatever. Isn't that what it was? He was given more than that because he buys the machine oh, right. and he takes them to Chicago. So he was given a fair amount of money. Well,
2: Chicago, I mean, like, so 950 on the machine, about 50 bucks on your Chicago trip because you guys are not great. Chicago.
0: It actually might have cost them more to go to Chicago then than it would cost us now, although they may have driven from New York, although there would have been a long drive. But flights were way more expensive back in the day, especially if you weren't going to a specific hub. Can't you take the train?
3: I think you could take the train at that time, couldn't you?
0: Oh. The know.
2: L for L train stands for losers.
0: <laughs> okay, we can move on. I love Chicago. It's great. You would. I still haven't been, but I enjoy your pizza.
2: I, I actually had a lot of fun there, but Willis Tower gave me a panic
0: attack. And because of that, he hates all of you. Hates all of you. Uh, While he's traveling to Chicago, the article comes out and the MAA sees it and they call to try and get him to talk to city council and he turns them down. But he also goes to try and talk to all of the manufacturers. So he starts with the first one and he basically is like, I don't give interviews. Talk to my front desk girl. Yeah. And he bursts into his office and is like, are you run by the mob? Do you make him for the mob? No. And I know you don't. But everyone thinks you do because you don't talk to them. So fucking talk to me so I can help you. And he gives him his article. Yeah. And it's like, I played that machine that you're working on. And he talks to a guy who's like designing a machine. He's like, what if you did an outside lane to this? And he was like, yeah. that's actually what I was thinking. So he kind of in this meeting... The manufacturer guy is like, oh, he knows about, like he actually
3: loves it. He's just like a lover of the game, you know? It's not like he's just some idiot doing a story, like he is an avid fan. And I think that makes the CEO guy, or at least the guy who owns the company, feel more comfortable talking to him because he even sort of alludes to this in this scene, like because people across the country are sort of following New York's and Chicago's example of making it illegal to play pinball, he like, Doesn't want to talk to anybody He doesn't want any more bad press And that's why Rogers is like Yeah, you only have negative press right now I want to be the opposite of that Talk to me And then I can help you spin this In a way that's helpful for you And I think he realizes that when Roger shows that he actually has knowledge of the sport or game or whatever you want to call it.
0: Well, and he also is like, hey, I mentioned this machine in my article. How are the sales on that machine? And they were up. That was the Red Baron
3: game. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh, that has that's so specific. That has to like actually be the one that's
0: in the article, you know, it's in the article. So he he then is like. Well, who else are you talking to? He's like, everybody. He's like, even Harry. And he's like, yeah, Harry. He's like, fuck yeah, I'm talking to Harry. But then they leave, and then he's like, who's Harry? Who the fuck is Harry I did love that Because
3: yeah When they leave They're like Who's Harry And Roger's like I have no idea Who the fuck Harry is
2: <laughs> We're gonna
0: find out though Yep But th- then he goes And talks to Alvin Gottlieb And uh Williams Is another one But he talks to All the different manufacturers And all of them are like Harry reinvented the game Like Yeah He is the linchpin To all of this But he retired to California, but he like invented the flipper. Yeah. Or something like that. Like,
3: yeah. Well, I mean, he's the guy who turned it from a game of where you just launch a ball and see where it lands, sort of like Plinko into what is pinball because he invented the things you hit. That kick it back up, right? Yeah. So it made it more of a game and less of like what I think is like a game of chance where you just sort of flip the ball.
0: Yeah, because Plinko is a game of chance.
3: Yeah, but I do sort of think at the end he shows that even the plunger itself is still a game of skill on some level. But right. I do think ultimately this guy changed it from being a gambling game to a game.
2: Yeah, he added
3: lights and sounds to it. Yeah. Right I love when we met him too Because he just seems like The most fun guy alive At that
0: time Yeah he's very chill It was great Yeah But we cut to He gets a phone He gets home He gets a phone call And we find out that Seth's dad was supposed to go To a father-son bowling tournament And he just totally bailed Yes So Roger goes And he's a great bowler Not surprising Because I feel like Bowling and pinball Are strangely similar I think it takes a lot Of the same like Geometry, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah. So, like, I would buy that someone that was good at pinball and the angles required to play that well would also be good at bowling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You could say that we have too many friends to be good at those things.
3: I wouldn't say that because I am also a bad bowler and that just makes it sound like I have a lot of friends. Oh. And I
2: don't, though. Can't even field a soccer team.
3: <laughs> no, but listen. Basketball might be my sport Because I've got you two and then five more That's like five starters Yeah, but all of us are short Yeah, we'd be a terrible
2: basketball team
3: <laughs> But we'd get at least all the positions filled I'm not saying we'd win games But like If we're playing in a little league tournament, we'd be fine.
0: We're great on defense. We can just never score. (laughs) Or kickball. I think we could be good at kickball.
3: Yeah, a lot of us are low to the ground and powerful. Parts of me are.
0: (laughs) Anyway, he talks to Seth and is like, my dad passed away. I'm sad that your dad's not here for, for you. But like, hey, let's beat all these other kids. Let's go. I do
3: think it's cute because they sort of have a who had the worst father off. And Rogers is just pretty much my dad died when I was young. Right. And then, you know, Seth's is like, well, my dad's still alive and doesn't want to be here with me. So, like, maybe I win this game. And Rogers' like, yeah, maybe you win, but let's show all these kids with good fathers how good we are at bowling. And then it cuts to them having won the tournament, which I think is so
2: cute. I I really like this scene because I feel like this is him really feeling out how to like interact with the kid with this kid agree completely and it's like such a good back and forth with it and really studies show if even if a traumatized child is even has one supportive adult in their life they have a lot better outcomes so this is this is good stuff yeah I also think his mom is super supportive, at least in this movie, you know, so like, oh, yeah, 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 I think this yeah, 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 kid's yeah.
3: going to be fine, but I do like to see this sort of, like, connection, especially because Seth is a part of Ellen's life, and he wants to marry Ellen, so, like, it's important that he gel with everyone in that relationship, you know? And I like that he's making an effort, I guess, is my point.
0: Yes, So we cut to, he goes into the office and sees the photos that Jimmy took and they're great, yeah. but he also has like a political fundraiser photos and he took photos of the girls and girl in Chicago, but he gives them a photo of Seth and Ellen and him as they're all kind of playing pinball, which is very, very cool.
3: It is sweet. And he like puts it up on his fridge and then there's sort of a passage of time there too, as it pulls away from the fridge.
0: Yeah. Because the MAA calls again and they're like, Hey, we're going to court. And we talked to all the manufacturers and they said they met you and you're a hell of a player. And he's like, I got to finish my book, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, he, he sort
3: of positions it as I already have my pinball machine. So, like, I'm not really worried about the status of pinball legally anymore, which I was like, that fits for, like, where they are as a generation. But yeah, we don't have to dig into that too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. But he gets another phone call and it's Harry from California. Yeah. So he's like, can you get here on Thursday? And it it says that he sells the pinball machine to go, but he does come back at the end and be like, I never sold that fucking machine. I would never sell a machine. And you're like, okay, all right, damn. I love that. Cause to me, that is just like more of,
3: you know, the guy who is pretending to be old Roger, like really forcing in that. Like, this was not the most important thing. Like they were the most important thing. The people who became my family. And then we added to the family. That was what was important. And like, he was like, I would never sell that shit. Like, I just wanted to, whatever. I thought it was cute.
0: But this is where he and Ellen have a conversation where she's like, look, I don't care if we're rich. I care if you're kind, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But this is where she's like, but I do want to marry you. Like, this was what we talked about going into this relationship. And he kind of hems and haws and he's like, let me finish the book. Let me do this. And she's like, "Okay, bring me back something from California. I'll see you when you get back. Yeah. So he goes to interview with Harry And he finds out all kinds of stuff like that. He was doing the artwork who came up with the bumper and and everything like that. I love Harry's story. And it, I don't know how much of this is factually accurate, but like he was a guy
3: who wanted to be a Disney animator in like the twenties or thirties, like super early on, right? So he like I assume like loved doing cartoons and stuff like that, and just took that creative outlet and spun it into pinball, yeah, which I is guess. just insane. I he, hearing him talk about like his life very briefly here. Made me want a movie about that. Yeah. About that guy, you know?
2: I just don't understand why they named it the Great Depression and not the worst depression.
3: Fair. I don't even know if he, I don't know who named that.
2: Historians.
3: I'm sure it was just like the press at the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You could have just called it Starvathon. That's my
2: favorite superhero.
0: (laughs) That's the guy you met in line at the food bowl. Starvathon.
2: (laughs) Starvathon.
1: (laughs)
0: Starvathon, come, we must eat crickets Uh, Mikey (laughs) ate so many freaking crickets, guys With his new friend Barnathan (laughs) Barnathan was cool His name was Jonathan (laughs) And so were the crickets I was trying to be an adventurous person You were You were very adventurous You got plastered and ate a
3: ton of crickets I'd say that's adventurous It is adventurous
0: (laughs) Honestly, yes Anyway, we cut to He's writing up the last of that interview And he's kind of listening to it And he gives her the last page that says the end. And I thought for sure he was going to propose to her on that page.
2: I thought for sure, too. And
0: then that didn't happen. I thought he was as well.
3: So I don't think you're wrong about that. But he didn't. And I think it's because they have to set up this way for them to come apart so they can come back together at the end.
2: I also thought he was going to propose on that phone call. So then I got cock teased twice.
0: I thought he, he was like, I'm at City Hall. Come down right now. Because for as important as this is to me... You are important to me, too, and let's just do it. Let's get married. We could talk about it when we get there, but I was very underwhelmed with the phone call. Yeah. I
3: also really wanted to know how that guy became a photographer.
0: I did, too. We never hear about (laughs) it. I was like, tell me (laughs) more. And they
3: set it up like it's going to really pay off and tie into the story
0: and teach him a lesson, but no. We just never get it. We never get it. She does make him a painting of monkeys. That's very fun. Yeah. But... They while they're at the bowling alley, they find what they call a compromise machine, but it's a machine with no plunger. So you just launch the ball and watch where it goes, which I would argue is even more of a game of chance. It is 100 percent. It's more like Plinko, right? Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, so the head of the M.A.A. Calls him in for a meeting and is like, hey, Sam said you got an eye for the game. And he's like, oh, yeah, Sam's a great guy. He's like, no, Sam's a cranky jackass. So, like, clearly you're great. But then we reveal that their lawyer is the bus driver from Pete and Pete.
2: Oh, shit.
0: He hasn't done much since, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure he's done other things because he's one of, the, of that guy with those faces, but on Pete and Pete, there was an entire arc where he fell in love with another bus driver and they told each other they loved you over the bus speakers. I loved Pete and Pete.
3: I'm not sure I've ever seen an episode of Pete and Pete.
0: What is wrong with everyone? Well, let me tell you about one episode that might convince you So they go on a road trip as a family and they meet another family while they're road tripping and they start competing with that family on the road trip. And they're trying to stack the highest luggage on top of their car and to win the entire family strips nude to make a mountain on the top of the car so that they can have the license plate that says king of road instead of the other family. I'm pretty sure you're actually talking about real world versus road rules And that was on
2: MTV. I'd watch that too. This was like Space Above and Beyond, but like of Nickelodeon shows. That makes sense?
3: No. No, not not a damn word of that made
0: sense, my friend. It was
2: like real life Doug.
0: It is kind of like real life Doug, uh, but there's a child that has a full mermaid tattoo on his arm. Petunia. (laughs) It's just great. Petunia. Dance, Petunia. Dance. yeah I didn't have Nickelodeon as a kid so like I didn't watch any of this stuff and checks out I missed out it's I think it's streaming now I don't know where anyway but that guy the bus driver from Pete and Pete is like hey we need to demonstrate how it's for everybody and it's not as harmful as other things that are currently legal so their initial plan was to be like hey pinball it's not porn and he's like don't do that like pinball is good on its own we don't need to throw porn under the bus for this well I love that he's
3: like the best thing you can, like, come up with is an argument is, like, pinball, at least it's not pornography. Right. Like, that is a shitty, like, lobbying campaign. And he just points that out. And then the guy who I think is the person who was in Pete and Pete as a bus driver was like, well, what do you want to do? And he's just like, show him that it's, like, a game of skill.
0: That's the head of the MAA. The the Pete and Pete bus driver is a guy with the weird suits. I also still have no idea who you're talking about. But okay. He wears like lavender suits that are like brocade in like every one of these scenes. He's the one holding the poster. Okay. With all the porn on He's it. He's like the main lobbyist guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they decide that they're going to bring a cabinet. Yeah, they're going to bring a pinball machine in. For him to play so that we can show that it's not chance. And they give him time to practice, but he's like, I don't need to. But he loves playing pinball anyway, so it's going to happen. Yeah, but I
3: mean, they just do that to, like, set up the stakes. Because, like, the guy who's the head of the MAA is like, here are the keys. Come by and practice whenever you want. And he's like... I don't need to practice. I play enough. Trust me. And he's like, no, this is like all of our livelihoods are on the line. Please come and practice whenever you fucking want.
0: Right. Right. And he does try to change his clothes and he asks the the art direction people, but they're like, no, wear what's comfortable because you got to be you basically in that moment. Yeah. I thought that, that was good advice. You know? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then he goes to a meeting with his publisher and they're like, we're going to cut all the interviews out of the book. Now, here's the thing. I feel like the interviews are the most interesting part of the book. But when she's describing it, it sounds like it's just transcripts. And I'm like, that's not interesting. Yeah. Like, you need to novelize these a little bit. Yes. But I was really interested to hear their stories. And I think ultimately that ends up still in the book when he publishes it it himself. Yeah, I think the
3: problem with it was he sold this book as like a coffee table book with like big, beautiful pictures and stuff. And that is a good book. It's just not the book he ended up writing. Yeah. So, like, they went with mainly just the pictures and a little bit of what he wrote. But it sounds like they, like, took all the stories out of it. And I wondered, because he does mention later that, like, he did write more. Yeah. I wondered if he, like, maybe wrote that book eventually, you know? I
0: think so, either that or he ends up changing the coffee table book and but I think they get out there. Well, because the, it says at the
2: end all his uh lobby stuff, the city council stuff goes into the book.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that I think that coffee table book is no longer a coffee table book and becomes yeah, no, it could be. Yeah. his like book yeah. book. Yeah.
2: becomes a coffee table man.
0: <laughs> anyway, so he's super mad and he comes home to talk to Ellen and Ellen's like, "Okay, you know, people will critique your work. Like that's kind of the process. And it's still a good book, even without this, maybe you could write a second, you know, whatever. And he's like, no. And he's like, what do you think I've been doing? This is like, it violates the sanctity of the art piece. And then he does some fucking bullshit that made me hate him where he was like, what are you going to say about it? Person who leaves all their art stuff in a closet. And I was like, Oh, you motherfucker. Because she was like, look, I am almost on welfare. You have a chance to make the art you want to make. Someone gave you a fucking shot. Not everybody gets a shot and you're throwing it away because it won't be exactly the way that you want it. And I was like, that's right. He's being a titty baby bitch. He's being a bitch.
3: I agree he is. I think the movie paints him that way. Like, they definitely make this breakup his fault. Yeah. And I really love when they eventually do have that phone call that she, like, calls him on this line specifically. He's like, uh, when he's talking about the head councilman guy, like...
0: Oh, did you say something thoughtless to
3: him, too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I was like, yeah, that's right. You hold him to that, because that's (laughs) shitty.
2: Yeah. It is realistic when you, like... Start arguing with each other and then like something slips out by one of you and you're like, mm, that really stings.
3: You're like, um, hey, can I talk to you privately really quick? Because I've really got to apologize before this blows up into something crazy. Yeah.
0: But this is also why take a minute to calm down before you fight with people.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes that's hard to do. But like, yeah, all,
0: you, you always gotta. should do. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree. Anyway, he goes to City Hall. It's not going well. He doesn't look like he slept. He's kind of punchy. And this is where the photographer kind of pulls him aside. He's like, did I ever tell you how, how I became a photographer? And then we never hear it. Uh, but then he's kind of talking, sassin back to the chairman. Although, everything he says is right. And the chairman's being an asshole. So, sure. I loved the, like, this, this scene. The back and forth between him and the
3: chairman was a lot of fun. Because he, like fumbles into the chambers sits down because he doesn't realize they're waiting for him like they've already called him up right because he wasn't in the room at the time so he sits down and they're like what are you doing and he's like oh shit sorry and he gets up and he's like <laughs> uh, and like the councilman's like whenever you're ready man and he's just like really being an ass and i do feel like roger gets in some really good little like playful he gets jabs in some zingers. the whole your honor thing i just wanted to stand up and clap yeah but, like it read like Something from the subreddit, that happened, you know? Yes. (laughs) Because it is, like, so funny, like, an over the top, but I was here for it.
0: Yeah, it was was great, because when he says, that's for me to judge, and he's like, your honor, (laughs) because he had already, he's like, I'm not a judge, but I'm here to judge, and he's like, okay. Yeah,
3: (laughs) I I, I just thought that was really funny, but it immediately makes the head councilman guy, like, angry, so he's just like, what the fuck ever, I don't care, I've heard enough, Let's put on your little skit or whatever. Go ahead and set up the machine, but not that one, the one we've already set aside. Use the backup machine because I think that one might be rigged.
0: Right, which he does, and he does – he he kind of sinks the first one, but then on the second try, he does great – And everyone's like, oh wow, he's really playing. And they do kind of shoot the chairman's face where it's like, oh, I'm wrong. Like we see, we see him kind of realize that he's wrong.
3: I really do like that. I like that they point that out in this movie and like that is a rare thing. I really love that. But before that, he goes and makes that phone call to Ellen. Right, that's right.
2: And that When they're moving the cameras and the, mach- uh, the machine up, yeah.
3: Yeah. Right, right. Like, w- before they move the cameras up and they take this little five-minute break, he does, like, take out a, a dime and put it down on the machine because he's like, I could play all day on this or whatever. Like, trying to say that it's fully a game of skill, right? Right. Uh, and that's when the chairman's heard enough and wants to do the demonstration, and he bones out you know, to call Ellen, and that's when the photographer, I think his name's Jason, grabs that dime and says, hey, you'll need this. Right. And I love that exchange of the money because that's sort of been a metaphor throughout the movie, and I love how it paid off here because he uses that dime to call Ellen, not make the shot. And I, I, I don't know. I, th- I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, in that phone call is ultimately, again, I thought for sure in that phone call, he was going to be like, I'm at City Hall and I'm doing this. But it's not the same without you here. Come here. Let's get married. We're at City Hall.
2: I thought it was going to be like, because you're the most important thing to me, not pinball or yes. what, something that ties it all together. But
0: then it doesn't. I would have
3: loved if this phone call, which is nice, like it is an apology. It, they do sort of have that moment of, will they get back together? And then she says, I'm still here, which is also a runner throughout their relationship, which I I right. really love that moment a lot. But I really wanted this to end with, come here right now. I'll finish this bullshit. Yes. I'm already at City Hall. We'll just get married, bring Seth, like all of that shit. Like do it all that day. I would have loved that. Right. I'm sure they didn't because they didn't get married the day it happened or whatever, but I would have loved it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, he ends up sinking what is almost an impossible shot with the plunger. And so they decide to repeal the the ban on pinball.
3: Now, it's a little murky because you do see after he, he calls that shot and it goes right down the center, which looks like an impossible shot to make. Right. That's when the chairman's like, I've seen enough and walks away. And the photographer comes up and is like, that was amazing. And Roger's like, you've seen me do this like a hundred times. It's not that impressive. And he goes, yeah, I'm not talking about you dumbass. I'm talking about the politician who changed his mind. Like you never see that. And then it shows the photos that Jason or whoever the photographer is took. And it is like, you can see that guy like, fuck. It is clearly a game of skill. Right. And, but they're a little bit murky on when the repeal actually happens. Because it seems like they this is when they were hearing arguments, but sort of like the Supreme Court, they put off the decision yeah. until later. So they have time to think about it, write opinions, I think. Mm. So it, it's not super clear as to when it happens. It wasn't like he made that shot and like all of a sudden it was legal in New York again. But it's sort of murky as to when all that takes place.
0: Yeah. But – essentially for our main character it's it's done at that point yeah and so he goes and he marries ellen they then have additional kids that we don't see it happen but we see like them as adults uh but then the narrator breaks back in is like history is important i didn't practice i was constantly playing so it didn't matter if they switched games i had played all of them enough times yeah but also after the hearings like the book wasn't completed yet, so they put my pictures in it from the hearings. And it becomes more of the book I wanted. Yes, I called the shot, but yes, I I used my own money to finish the book, and I never sold my machine. I'd never sell any of them. They're like my kids.
1: And, and that's the movie. That's the
3: movie. There's also a whole section about like how he doesn't really think of this as like a very big thing of it in his life. What he really loved was what pinball taught him about life, and that is that you have to make a decision you have to take a chance and then roll with it and like try to make it all work I really liked that
0: I thought it was great I guess I just don't think it's mutually exclusive like I feel like to try and be like this wasn't a big deal in my life I'm like you changed a law nobody does that like that's a huge deal like that doesn't mean your wife's not a big deal but you can still be like my wife is my favorite part of my life but yeah I did this important thing no I (laughs) feel I feel like that's like if
2: if I like somebody's like trying to interview me about like work stuff and I'm like, but let me tell you about my micro machines.
0: Right. (laughs) Or let me tell you about my podcast. And they're like, we're not here to talk about (laughs)
2: 100 percent. Basically, (laughs) yes. Podcast being a metaphor for your personal life is such a perfect thing because one destroys the other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like every I get asked to talk about cults all the time and and I don't love it. Like I, I will. But everyone always asks me about the same ones. Right. I have to tell them about those specific ones. Like, I have to. Because if I was just like, fuck that, let's talk about crochet, they'd be like, bitch, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, play Freebird. In order for me yeah. to tell you about
3: Nexium, <laughs> I have to tell you about the time I met Jake.
0: Right, exactly. And they'd be like, <laughs> we don't care. I'd be like, what fucking podcast is this?
3: <laughs> yeah. But I, okay, and I do, I will grant you the premise. That like if someone who was being the subject of a documentary was just going off on a wild tangent they would only use about 10 seconds of footage from that person the one time they said something that they wanted him to say. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Let's say hypothetically three people get together to talk about a specific movie and they veer off topic wildly throughout that process. Yeah,
3: it's almost like someone would have to take that three to three and a half, sometimes four hours length of footage, in this case just audio, and edit it down into something that is like listenable
2: and enjoyable to consume. Yep. I wouldn't know. I like the conversation. I do it. For the art Oh
0: I do it for the fart What's up
2: <laughs> I do it for
3: the fans Anyway So having seen this movie Having talked about this movie What did you guys think about Pinball The man who saved the game That's cute
0: It's it's not bad It's not one that I'll come back to though For sure
3: I've watched this four times At this point And will watch it more I guarantee it It is very much like a um, Like a feel good movie I'll put on when I'm like Doing something else though Like, once I saw it twice, I was good, you know? But I'll put it on when I, like, need a good day. That kind of thing. For me, that's Barb and Star. Oh, I get that, though. Like, that's another good one to watch on a rainy day. You know what I'm saying? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. mm -hmm,
3: mm -hmm. But, Paige, do you have any
0: fun facts for us? Nope. Well, don't hit us with your fun (laughs) facts. (laughs) There There aren't any fun facts. facts. (laughs) Or at least, specifically, there's no fun facts about the movie. Like, if you want to learn about pinball, there's some of it, but they cover most of it in the movie, so... Let me just drop this fun
3: fact, and it really is just a plug for the drunk history. It was a drunk history uh, from 2015 called Drunk Games, uh, and it was on that episode. For So if you're looking for the drunk history of this, it's called Drunk Games. But um, I guess since we don't have any fun facts, I would go into box office, but this was not released In the theaters, it went to Hulu. So there is no box office. I couldn't even find a budget on it, guys. Although, based on the mustache alone, I would say it was a low-budget movie.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, my section of the podcast still exists. Let's do the romance scale. Let's do it, Mikey. Scale of one to Tim. How romantic you found it today, Paige. It's a
0: one for me. Yeah, Todd. I'm going to give it a four.
3: You love this film
2: and you're giving it a
3: four? Yeah. I don't think it's like heavy romantic, but it's like, it's a good heartwarming PG movie, you know? What are you going to get it, Mikey?
2: <laughs> I was, I mean, I was going to give it a four. I thought you were going to give it like a seven or eight. No, this is not a
0: Massimo flick. Come on. They've got almost no chemistry. <laughs> They've got some, but they interrupt it every time it starts to to like bubble up. I think both of them are great
3: actors. I just don't think this movie is super romantic. Like I think they're they're nailing it. It's just they're not asked to be romantic, really, unfortunately because
0: i I would like more of that on our romance podcast, I would like more of it too. <laughs> yeah. And that's our romance.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Zero
0: lion roars. Oh, they don't even have sex on yeah, screen. They... Yeah.
2: Like,
3: I, I don't think there would be, Nothing. I don't think they're roar
2: eligible. I don't even know if they had sex on anything.
3: They had two more kids. And we actually see those two kids at the end of this movie. They're in the movie. So at least twice. At
0: least twice. Yeah. I've, I figured most of the time it would just be mustache rides. <laughs> I do. I do.
2: What? That's a, that's a super troopers, who wants a mustache ride? Uh. There'll be people out there.
3: There will be people out there. Yes, Mikey.
2: People like Super Troopers references. It's
3: very super topical. Yeah, it's like, are you about to go to your 20-year high school reunion, Mikey? has got some jokes for you. That is most of our listeners.
2: Yep. Yeah, I mean, like that's our demographic. I'm, <laughs> I don't, no cap or whatever. What are you, who are you going for? <laughs> yeah. You did that
0: right. No yeah. cap was right. Uh,
2: yeah. Stop being so aggressively
3: mid, Mikey. <laughs> All right. So this <laughs> week I made you guys watch the, I think Oscar-worthy pinball. The man who saved the game. Sorry. Uh, I wish you could have seen Paige's face when I said Oscar worthy because it was breathtaking.
2: Oscar the Grouch, maybe.
3: But Paige, it is your turn next week. And um, yeah.
0: So what are you going to make us watch? It is my turn. And it is not good. It is not kind. And it will not be over quickly. God damn Dang it. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's it's Princess Diaries, too. Hell yes! It's, it's pretty tame. You told me you were going to do this a while ago because you, you were
3: throwing around a royalty theme, right? Royal month. It's been royal month. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when you pitched me the movies, this is, the, I think, the last one you mentioned, but I hoped you would do it sooner because I, I can't wait to revisit this series.
0: It is aggressively worse than the first one, but unlike the first one, it is definitely a romance movie. Okay. 100%. And her love interest is Chris Pine So like you know Best Chris but also there's a Panera Bread in the background of Genovia Which is definitely the universal backlot That we just went through oh. so like You know what oh. it's, it's Fun I'm not going to tell you it's a good movie It's not a good movie but we'll have A lot of fun making fun of it
3: I can't Wait because like the first one was Insane and I really hope we Get just like a second verse of the Genovia National Anthem
0: We go to Genovia. The second one takes place in Genovia. What? No. Yep. Can't wait. We're going to Mama Andrew's palace. Yep. All their weird traditions. You guys cannot
2: make me watch that movie. It's against the Genovia convention.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's cheese. Maybe it's string cheese. (laughs) With that little finger that gets stuck in the statue. We haven't seen the movie, Paige.
3: You can't make references. No, no, no. In the first one, that was the first movie. I blocked the first one out. It's been so long since we've seen that movie, Paige. I'm surprised I remembered the name of the
2: country. It has
0: actually not been that long.
2: It's not been that long. It was only a few months ago. (laughs) And I blocked it out like a traumatic (laughs) event.
0: I was worried this was going to be too soon, but I was like, no, we got to do it.
2: Hashtag too soon.
0: It's Chris Pine. How could you not want to do it?
2: I just figured out that I can select, like, six poly Shore movies for this podcast, so I'm keeping that in my back pocket.
3: I can't wait for Polly Shore
0: summer, baby! Coming <laughs> to a,
3: a season near you, 2024!
0: I'm excited for the rest of Nick Cage summer, honestly, because it's all bonkers.
3: Well, it's more fall now, but yeah. Son-in-law is a slapper of a film. Oh, God. Anyway. Well, your homework for next week is to watch The Princess Diaries 2 and then check back for that episode. Yes. So, Mikey, do you have a review yes, for us today? Yes, I to do. Read? I actually have
2: a review for us. Wow.
3: Um, look at him. Came prepared and not willing to wait for me to finish my
2: sentence. Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Meals 15. Well, what does Meals 15 have to say? They say lion roars. Oh. Wow. Content of review. This podcast gives me life every week
3: Hell yeah
0: You're welcome
2: There's a lot of punctuation So give me a Between HV and RTP Question mark exclamation What more can I ask for? (laughs) 365 was the most (laughs) amazing chaos I've ever been a part of Yes Hell yeah Especially when I was sick with COVID And I got wine drunk And live tweeted along with Paige Amazing Yes couldn't have survived that quarantine without her. or RTP,
0: ten out of 10
2: 5 stars.
0: That was really fun when people got drunk and live tweeted it with me. I ten out of ten would do it again. I know.
2: I like logged in the Facebook the next day and I was like, "What happened here last night?
0: <laughs> uh, craziness!" And I can't wait for us to do part three. Maybe, maybe instead of Time Cop, I'll make you watch that someday, whenever that, I choose. That's a
2: that's like such an un. That's like not a good. Tr- that's like I want to watch Time Cop.
0: Yeah, but you know what? You were all saying that it wasn't a romance, so maybe I'll make you watch Grease 2 instead. Definitely a romance.
3: I'm still holding out for Jean-Claude Van Damme to do Time Cop 2.
0: But thank you so much for the awesome five-star review.
3: And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review, or leave us a comment under our Spotify episodes, just like Jessica did when she wrote under
2: our Red, White, and Royal Blue episode, Just quotes I think there was a Time Cop too, But it was like direct to video
3: Yeah This is the quote Like if Jimmy Carter wanted to fuck me End quote I'm deceased So I'm assuming one of us Probably Mikey or Paige Said it's like if Jimmy Carter wanted to fuck me
0: I don't remember saying this at all I don't
3: remember saying that either What episode was it? Red, white, and royal blue, Mikey I think it was me.
0: I think that was Mikey. I think that was Mikey. And I honestly think in part it's because he's into peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) Guys,
3: if you find where that is in the episode, clip it out and make it like a sound on TikTok and let's get some of the best reactions going. Anyway, but Jessica, thanks for leaving a comment under our Spotify. And if you want us to read your Spotify comment, leave us a comment under our, one of our Spotify episodes. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. yes. On Instagram. And we are at something
0: else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. It. it's just romancing pod show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show oh. SHO like showtime. So, guys, check that
3: out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, page is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok.
0: That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us.
2: To completion. You guys want to see my perfect shot?
0: Nope.
3: (laughs) Mikey, I'm just glad you didn't ask me to play with your pinballs. No, no, no. What what about your flippers?
2: If you pull the plunger just the perfect amount, you get the perfect shot.
3: Well, unlike Hamilton, I am going to throw away my shot. (laughs) Bye! We are six minutes from 9 11 for Page Nurse! <laughs> <laughs>